I've been feeling real grinchy up until just now. Listen to uh, Christmas in Hollywood by Hollywood Undead, dude. Getting me in the holiday spirit. Welcome to Drinking Out of Cups podcast. Holiday spirit, more like Hollandaise spirit. Know what I'm saying, dude? Fucking Dang. Eggs Benedict, dude. Ew. I fucked you up. You don't like Eggs Benedict? I fucked up. I Why? gotta tell you guys. I went to breakfast the other morning at this place called paradox cafe in portland it is amazing like if you come to portland and you have a uh, they, they don't, they're not all plant-based they have eggs and stuff so i usually get the uh the pedox benedict and it has eggs and holiday sauce plant-based holiday holiday sauce and it slaps dude it's the best thing on their menu when it, it slaps and it's so good it'll slap your mama Oh, it'll slap your mom. Or it'll make you slap your mom. No, it just slaps your mom. (laughs) I get it. I get it every single time. And I went there a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, I get this every single time. I'm going to get the chicken and waffles instead. And I got it, and it was just chicken nuggets on some two, like one cut in half shitty little waffle with like uh, jalapeno jelly. And my girlfriend got the Pedox Benedict, and um, I was just, I don't know. I fucked up. I'm sad. I think they oh, fucked yeah. up. Who Sounds the fuck like puts little up. chicken nuggets with waffles and calls it chicken and waffles? I mean, a it was a plant based restaurant. I mean, yeah. I've had plant based chicken and waffles and it's been better than that. Dude, you can't just sell fucking dinosaur fucking chicken nuggets <laughs> and fucking waffles. Like, that does Dude. that sounds fucking pretty waffle to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hey, <laughs> uh, what's going on? I'm Raven. I'm the one who fucks up my breakfast order. Who else we got here? What's oh, up? I'm got- Ryan, dude. I'm the one who fucks. Ryan fucks. Sorry, oh, Mike. Shit. I had, to, I had to beat of- you to that. Well, that's okay. Now I'm scared because I am Krampus Jr. Krampus Jr. Yep. Well, who's Krampus Sr.? Fucking Krampus himself, man. Oh, so you're the spawn of Kromp? I am the spawn of Kromp. <laughs> Kromp spawn. You you could call us Krompy <laughs> or Krompie. <laughs> oh. It's plural Krompus. Is that like a Greek Greek god, dude? Krompi? Yeah, Krompi. Well, no, it's dude, all that's of what I, that's together. What, that's what I did to Raven's dad is I Krompied him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all I thought for Christmas is a Krompi. <laughs> wow. A wet French kiss and a Krompi? <laughs> Under the, the, the missile toad. Yeah, well, I, I guess what? On this podcast, we say happy holidays, bitch. <laughs> I know. Bitch. <laughs> happy Science, Yule. bitch. <laughs> happy Yule. Happy uh, death of a fucking false idol day. No, nah, dude, I believe, in, I believe in Jesus Christ. Or birth, birth of a false idol. My bad. Not death. Wow. I, for some reason, I thought Christmas was the death of Jesus. Well, I thought Same. he was born around Easter. Wait, is that... I'm no, pretty, that's the no, resurrection. That, uh, yeah. That's the zombie day. No, he, Shit, was, born on, he was born on Christmas. Oh really? Yeah, on, yeah. On fucking. Oh. That's what. That's why that car company is named after him. Chrysler. Chrysler yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. I did. I did just see a, a conspiracy video the other day talking about the why Christmas is so big in the United States, and it had something to do with around the 1960s. Sales would drop off so heavy in December because people were poor and wanted to spend all their money on food and heat, and so they had to do this giant marketing scheme to essentially like boost sales and it fucking worked 
You know, that's interesting because I was really wondering just the other night about why, like, when did all of the Christmas uh, traditions that we have come about? Like, was it just the Christians that made it or was it more no. than just Christians? It, it, I, I feel like even in Christianity, the the uh, Christmas that is practiced within the U.S. is so wrong. It's just, it's yeah. consumerist based. So yeah. it's just like, I don't know. It's like worshiping uh, capitalism. So kind of. Yeah. So you're worshiping a separate I mean, because you rarely see people have the nativity thing set up outside their house anymore. It's usually just a bunch of uh, lights. Dude, I got fucking scammed. I went to, there's this place called The Grotto in Portland, and it advertises itself. It's really cool uh, architecturally, but it advertises itself as this all-inclusive, all-religions, go-to-worship-there kind of place. Mm. I was like, oh, interesting. And they have these Christmas lights. And it was $16 to get into the Christmas lights. Way too expensive for what it was. It was just some shitty Christmas lights. But it was all uh, Christian Catholic-based. And they had, like, nativity scene and all these, like, Marys and all this shit. And I was like, what do you mean all-inclusive, all-religions? Everything there was fucking They didn't have Satan? No, they had nothing. Damn. They had nothing but Christianity. See, I've always thought that that'd be the funniest thing to put up on Christmas is like Jesus Christ getting like pinned to the cross and like uh, yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> like a devil creeping out from the bush <laughs> with a lit up like uh, thing. I don't know, just to piss off because I actually do have one person in the neighborhood who put up like nativity shit. Yeah, and I just I was thinking about it walking past their house. I was like, man, that'd be so fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this I'm sure people have done it. The people that are involved in the satanic temple, they probably have put up like all red lights or something. You know? Yeah, and, I I saw one funny video of um this this person who was like i have homophobic neighbors so i set up it was like all rainbow pride lights yeah. all this shit <laughs> yeah, it was dude. amazing <laughs> that's fucking that dope sick um, rainbow right i found the uh thing about when christmas started uh christmas was not a legal holiday in any of the states until the 1830s and was not declared an official federal holiday in america until the 1870s prior to this time it was not celebrated with the same fervor uh, as we are accustomed to. When the Puritans settled here, they did not bring Christmas traditions with them. Interesting. Yeah, I remembered that that there was like some groups that just never, they didn't have like a celebration for it. Um, it makes yep. sense. It's, just, um, it's funny to call it a religious holiday at all in its yeah. current state. Yeah, it actually was, uh, it also says, in fact, they deemed it frivolous taking up time that could be better spent working. <laughs> I almost thought you were so. going to say worshipping, but yeah, no, probably either. that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably the same. Anyway, I feel like we're we'll have plenty of time this episode to keep talking shit about uh, 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 Christmas. So, <laughs> so I love Christmas. Um. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, just in the top of the episode, I want to mention since it is a little over halfway through December at this point, uh, it our, is over. It's we're all, Christmas is almost over by the time this comes out. Yeah, yeah, so you only have about a week left then to head over to our Patreon. Only $3 a month to get out of cups on Patreon or uh, uh, patreon.com forward slash D-O-O-C. For the rest of the month, if you sign up, we will send you some free stickers. Call them holiday stickers. Or call them stickers, dude, because they're sick as fuck. They are sick. And there's a mystery sticker in there. That- oh, yeah. yep. I gave some to a fucking to the homie at a holiday party the other night. It was him and his girlfriend, and I had to whip out one of the fucking mysterious stickers you had to swipe you had to fight the girlfriend (laughs) off you after she saw the stickers dude yeah she was hitting me up and was just like who the fuck is that and i was like i can't tell you and i had to fucking 
run, dude. I had to do hardcore parkour to get out of there. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. That's actually really fucked up because that is the homie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the well, shout out them. So, uh, shout out them. Thanks for supporting the pod. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get into the topic for today. Today, we are going to be diving into another wacky psychedelic episode talking about Amanita mushrooms, specifically Amanita muscaria. Do you guys pronounce it muscaria or muscaria? Ah! I, ju- I just... Sorry, you scared me, dude. <laughs> oh Jesus. my god. Muscaria, <laughs> I've, I've heard a couple just like small variations on people pronouncing it like very very heavy on the musk. I've always yeah. said muscaria. Muscaria, Amanita Muscaria. No, yeah, I, I like know. Muscaria, but I've heard a lot of people say Muscaria. I yeah, but, I'd say I say it kind of quickly, like Amanita Muscaria. But yeah, I've always just said Amanita Muscaria, but that's like yeah, almost Amanita Muscaria. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, I like yeah, Muscaria I because Muscaria sounds more like Must Scaria, and uh, I like to not think negatively about mushrooms. So. Yeah, I've also heard mm. Muscaria. I have heard yeah, that too. Yeah, and I've yeah. heard Amanita. Amanita muscaria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> Amanita muscaria. <laughs> anyway, I will be pronouncing it Amanita muscaria. <laughs> so, this is an important distinction as there are close to 600 different species in the Amanita genus. Among the roughly 600 different Amanitas, many are edible, like the Amanita caesarea. And reportedly incredibly delicious. However, mycologists urge strongly that mushroom hunters completely steer clear of the Amanita genus altogether, as it also contains some of the most toxic mushrooms that are known to exist, such as the Amanita phalloids. Phalloids? Phalloids, I think. Phalloids, yeah. Uh, AKA the death cap, as most people know it as. You capping, dude. Are those ones all white? They come in a. Well. Or that's the angel cap. I think, yeah, I think you're right. There are so many different Amanitas, and a lot of them are deadly. So a lot of yeah. the, I think even with Amanita muscaria, as I'll get into in a little bit, there a lot of the different Amanitas now with DNA testing, they're finding out that uh, they're all different. Uh, even it, the, like the slight variations are much, can be much different. Like yeah, in color. A lot of it's region size. dependent, right? Mm-hmm. Like where they're grown. Yeah. Where they're native. A lot of them have cross-contaminated each other to have more toxins in some areas and more hallucinogens in some areas and yeah it's very interesting there's a lot of different amanitas out there and we're just talking about yeah and scarier and some of the edible mushrooms share a lot of the same qualities and like visual similar uh kind of you know defining details as the deadly ones and to an untrained eye it can be really a risky game to play even for professionals in fact the Amanita mushroom genus is responsible for approximately 95% of all mushroom fatalities. Wow. Fatality. I did not know that. Yeah. Damn. Steer yeah, clear. fucking crazy, dude. Jesus Christ. Right. So, this is not to say that people do not seek out the beautiful, iconic Amanita muscaria, or perhaps known as the fly agaric, fly Amanita, Cinderella mushroom, the... Uh, it, it, it's the mental image for many or perhaps most people when they picture magic mushrooms. Uh, Amanita muscaria is the main mushroom we are covering, but also not the only psychoactive Amanita. With our friends over the pond in Europe, maybe knowing better the Amanita regalis, uh, the royal fly agaric. Um, 
I mentioned this mushroom as for a long time, it was referred to as a variety of the Amanita muscaria, but has since been given its own species name as it is larger, has a brown cap and a yellowish stem with the Amanita muscaria having a bright red round cap that opens up to a convex shape, boasting white speckles and a pretty white stem. Um, If for some reason you're having a hard time mentally envisioning this iconic mushroom, think no further than the Amanita reference that uh, most everybody knows, but perhaps you don't even realize, and that is of the mushroom in the Super Mario Bros. games, the power-up that makes Mario grow in size. That's an Amanita muscaria. Yeah. Also, Alice in Wonderland, the mushroom she eats, where she doubles in size. Yeah, you can find Amanita references in a ton of movies and video games including smurfs yep i was about to mention that too they live up in them i would love to live up in a fucking amanita dude that'd be pretty sick yeah they would be like a huge house for a lot of (laughs) for a smurf dude yeah fucking that'd be a mansion dude mush mansion yeah mush mansion in the real world you can find these mushrooms growing in the united states with them popping up all over the pacific northwest and thriving in places with high moisture content moderate temperatures and typically growing close to in proximity to the base of birch spruce and fir trees though they have been introduced to many other parts of the world as well as i mentioned with the cross-contamination kind of thing I thought the uh, I also read that they grow underneath evergreen trees. But is oh, that, really? Yeah. Is that any of those trees that you already mentioned? Is so, an evergreen like a birch as well, or are those like I don't know what no. the classification is of an evergreen? So it's just they grow really close to trees, and so that's probably just one of the many trees. I I just named three of the the most likely trees you can find them by. They uh, grow. Um, I know that they grow <clears throat> a lot more in highly acidic like soil environments so if there's i assume there's some trees that produce more you know acids in the soil where their roots are wait um, you can get lsd from trees <laughs> yeah that's Hell how the yeah, mushrooms man. get it's psychedelic yeah, damn dude i bet these mushrooms just fucking chill next to trees take acid listen to the dead dude <laughs> that is pretty much watch what they the do. smurfs and then and then we plug little uh diodes into them and then they make they make their own music yeah <laughs> They got their their band together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three, four. (laughs) Does the mushroom music guy have any that uh, uh, songs that include Amanita Muscaria? Uh, No, but I found a dude. uh, It's Modern Biology 101 on YouTube. Uh, He has uh, some Amanita Muscaria. I don't know about Michael Lyko. Let me just look it up really quick. And I positive shout out. You said mushroom. Modern Biology Biology 101. 101. He does the mushroom music as well? Uh, Yes. Swag, dude. Uh, Let me see if Michael Lyko also has any. Um, There's Amanita Frostiana, which is a yellow Amanita, I guess. Um, He has some of that. I don't see Amanita Muscaria on Michael Lyko's page. Um. So, well, as I as I yeah. said a little earlier too, uh, there are other Amanita muscaria like mushrooms. We're just talking specifically Amanita muscaria for the ease of the subject today. There's over 600 different Amanitas, and with Amanita like regalis even being so similar to the Amanita muscaria that even at one point it was considered to be the same mushroom um, with very similar 
chemicals and effects, if not the exact same chemicals and effects, maybe just differing amounts and just different colors. Um, it, it, you know, it, one of those Amanita mushrooms he recorded on could be essentially an Amanita muscaria. Yeah. Or similar to. I can see it. The other Amanita that he recorded on. Anyway, Amanita muscaria is a very is very different from psilocybin containing mushrooms for the fact that it does not contain psilocybin as a psychoactive chemical within them at all, as they contain a psychoactive chemical called muscimol. An active dose of muscimol in humans is around six milligrams, and this is about the amount that is found within one cap of an Amanita muscaria. Although this can range hugely depending on the size and even the time of year, with spring and summer mushrooms believed to contain 10 times more muscimol than autumn mushrooms. Damn. <clears throat> yeah, I found that really interesting. Yeah, you'd be, you'd think, I wonder um, if that's temperature then that's making it. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, about I chemistry. think I might have an idea for why that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll talk about it more in the science, but I think it has to do with UV light. Oh, interesting. UV light is breaking something down into something else. Interesting. Hell yeah, dude, with the nice. And that made, yeah, I mean, because there's much more light in spring and summer, right, than autumn. So true, 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 true. Positive yeah. shout out, fucking sun. Yeah. And with that being said, the average size for one of these caps is around three to eight inches in diameter. And as I mentioned, a psychoactive amount can be found in one single cap. Uh, and this is a good time to mention that the only danger with Amanita muscaria is not only the potential for eating a deadly lookalike, but it is also eating a real one as they are known to be toxic. While deaths from these mushrooms are very rare, they have happened, though it is believed that a deadly amount of Amanita muscaria is around 15 caps. Jesus it's no Christ. small amount. Ugh, that'd be a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> these things are big a lot of the time. Yeah, if three to eight inches in diameter. So yeah, they're not small caps. You'd be full See, yeah. I've always said three to eight inches is big. <laughs> right? That's a big range if you're talking <laughs> cock and ball. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just saying three three inches is pretty, pretty large, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, Especially fun. if there's 15 of them coming at you. <laughs> 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 so, the information I was able to attain did not specify whether or not that, that these were 15 raw or dried dried or boiled caps as that is actually an important distinction um did not specify though so take that 15 raw three inches <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh oh one of the more common <laughs> methods of ingestion with these mushrooms are to parboil them in water as this will weaken the toxicity and also pull out the muscimol, leaving you with a mushroom tonic that you should probably add some honey or apple cider vinegar to for flavor because it will taste disgusting. Wait, so is this like Amanita muscaria benedict? Because you know how you have to like poach an egg? For no, egg it's, you're What's drinking the tea. Oh. It just means you're boiling it. Oh, I thought parboiling is like... uh, it's boiling at like a lower temperature and only for a short amount of time. Yeah, so you're essentially oh. just making mushroom tea. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for the confusion. No, it's fine. I just was curious what parboil meant. I wondered if it was like poaching. Like you, you put the cap in the water and you just spin it around really, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then you eat that shit with some hollandaise on it. <laughs> well, a lot of the time, uh, a lot of the times, uh, things like parboiled rice is rice that is pre boiled, pre cooked, and then it, I think, is flash dried. 
so that that's oh, that, that 60 second yeah, rice. Quick rice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think um, a lot of the time, a lot of the times you buy these mushrooms dried. So that's why you parboil them is because they're already dried. So, you so that's what we were in. supposed to do. What? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't supposed to eat all this? I don't think You're so. Oh, well, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I guess this is a good time to mention. I did. I have tried Amanita muscaria before and I just Same. ate the whole cap yeah. dry. I, I made How brownies out of it. Whoa. It was disgusting tasting. <laughs> it has it has such a unique flavor that I still remember it. Clear I can remember day. the smell of them. Uh huh. Yeah, big old bag of those. Things. Clear as day. Yeah, and yeah, we had like five inch caps. Yeah, they well, and they big. were dried. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So they were like really much smaller. They're like these little chips, all crinkly. Yeah, um, and, and I they didn't definitely... look red anymore. No, they were, they were goldish. Dried, were like so and... that makes me think that they were um the. Amanita. No, they were. I, they were definitely muscaria. It's just when you dry the red, it loses a lot of its color. Also, through rain and towards the end of the season, they'll lose their color as well. Yeah, and also muscaria. depending on where they grow, they have different shades of red yeah. and stuff. But like I remember that. the bag. He had an actual bag that was like from a place that grows them. Yeah, it was like labeled Amanita muscaria. You had their like contact info and all this. Yeah, stuff. you can buy them online. Yeah, they're super easy to get, and I'll talk. A little bit about that in a minute. Yeah, um, some stuff to talk about that later too. Yeah, so the effects from drinking this mushroom tea can be felt within 30 minutes to an hour with the whole trip lasting from ingestion to come down between 5 and 10 hours with extreme high doses lasting around 10 or more hours. Ingesting Amanita muscaria is not all rainbows and smurfs like the movies and games would have you believe with many people who try this mushroom claiming to have mind-melting horrific experiences with some people proclaiming that they experienced a full repentance and acceptance of fate followed by death only to come out the other side feeling completely reborn and given new light uh which is uh, you know for a lot of people very scary painful experience in the moment but can be completely life-changing and enlightening uh at the end afterwards and can change the entire trajectory of your life if done well so like, it's interesting. Mm, Sorry. No, I, oh, I was just gonna say. I feel like most mushrooms are, or most psychedelic mushrooms are like that. Like, you know, yeah, high doses. Yeah. Well, so that's what I was gonna say. It sounds like they can still, uh, like, the muscimol can still cause like a ego death type trip. Absolutely. But, that is so many of the reports of people taking them. It, it's full ego death. But to hmm. the, it, a lot of people say that they fully believed that they were going to have a physical death as well. So that's well, that's that's yeah. the that's the repentance and coming to terms with they, a lot of people say that they thought that they were actually going to die and that they had to come to terms with the fact that they were dying and then eventually sobered up and had this like for new, a lot of people that's what ego death is like if they're not prepared say. for it that's a lot of for a lot of people they'll when they're experiencing it the, the first things they think of is call 911 I'm I'm dying you know, even if they know and they have someone telling them you took LSD, you're not going to die. They'll still believe that they're dying. Yeah, you know, I I've, have, I've had that happen. I have that almost sorry. years into my LSD. Experience. I have that off weed. <laughs> I have that almost every single time I take psychedelics, like of a high dose. I always am like, oh, shit, I feel like I'm dying. And then I'm just like, cool, well, whatever. And then I just keep going on by my business. Yeah, for me, that's not necessarily how I interpret ego death. For me, ego death is like complete loss of personality self all kind of predispositions on things right but right before that can make a lot of people believe that that is the end oh that that you are are dying like when you start to lose memory of who you are and of 
all the things that you've known yeah. and you're losing all that, those moments before that happens, for a lot of people, they'll be holding on to their life thinking that they're True. about to die. And I mean, I, I had that happen. Um, not the time that I had the most intense acid experience, which we'll talk about at some point. Um, soon. Yeah. Yeah, very soon. Um, but uh, the, 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 like only a couple of years ago, actually, I had my first like very much so bad trip. Um, and I 100% believed that I was legitimately dying. Interesting. Um, and it wasn't even a full ego death. Wow. Mm -hmm. it, that was like straight fear of death. <laughs> yeah. My first full ego death was the very first time I ever took LSD. And I could not. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll go and do it on the LSD episode. But yeah, ego death is a very interesting uh, experience when it happens fully. I also think there must be an added benefit or an added thing with Emily is where like if you fucking pick stuff like this from the forest and then went home and boiled them and thought you did the right preparation. Once you get super high on them, I definitely think that more people would be fearful of them versus just psilocybin mushrooms about the fact Absolutely. of thinking you're going to die. Yeah, because there's so much stigma around Amanita mushrooms and just the danger, quote unquote, behind eating these things. I feel like most of the time, if you're getting them from a reputable online source or something, you should be good. You know, like they are identifiable. That's the thing. They're, and if you look up the close ones to the deadly ones, and Amanita Muscari looks very different, in right. my opinion, like you're, you're not going to mix them up. Yeah. Aren't the Amanitas like almost the most easily identifiable mushrooms? I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Um, They're very distinct. They, they have so many similar characteristics, but within them, they have they're so distinct on their own i i think if you found one that looked fucked up and you were unsure absolutely be unsure don't take it but if you find a perfectly round or even one that's flattened out red with white speckles i don't want to say you're good to just assume that's an amanita muscaria but it is right and the only thing about it is like picking stuff from the forest you're like that you could end up with eating cross-contamination yeah toxins that aren't even the mushrooms yeah and uh, also, when I say red, I'm not talking like burgundy. I'm talking bright cherry red. Cherry red yeah. looks like a car paint job red. Mm -hmm. Someone almost might say Santa Claus red. Yep. Ding, da, da, da. Well, and that's what's interesting <laughs> is that I've seen some big flattened caps that won't have white speckles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of weird. I would not eat one that but didn't have But I think that speckles. certain things might eat but, the white speckles off. Yeah, true. I did read something that the speckles are actually like scars too, so... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the scars remind us that the past is real. So, this <laughs> super scary, dark experience is not the experience that everyone has. But just to put it in a number value, the website trippywiki.com gives this mushroom a 3.8 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> Probably making people think twice about eating amanitas uh, for their psychoactive effects. I do not believe that this is a very fair score, however, as I believe that the positive effects can be very beneficial and perhaps the reason that there are so many bad trip reports are from people taking uh, these amanitas and thinking that they're similar to psilocybin and eating them without a lack of knowledge going into the trip or just getting a bunch of stems and just making a bunch of water. Or what Micah said, like having too many bad thoughts going into it, thinking this could be deadly. I think there is probably a good reason that there are a lot of bad trip experiences. Also, possibly due to the fact that they're extremely common in places like the Pacific Northwest. A teenager could just go out and pick one and eat it or make tea out of it and have an awful time because they thought they were going to have a psilocybin-like experience that for 
the majority of people is nice. Some people think that it's actually psilocybin too. Most yeah, people, I've, I've people, I would that say, just think they're normal psychedelic mushrooms. I would say most people that don't research mushrooms or think about it and just take them probably have have no difference in their mind. Yeah, I'd say so too. Which can you blame them? It's magic mushrooms. Yeah, that's that's all you're told. No, yeah, and they they're they're the ones that are the most like well known. Like you said, yeah. So imagine imagine you're just a casual recreational uh, psychedelic user. And someone asks you, do you want magic mushrooms? And you've been taking psilocybin cubenzies for a while and you've been having a good time. And then someone asks, do you want magic mushrooms? And gives you an amanita. And you take the amanita. You might have a fucking really shitty time only oh, yeah. if, if only due to the fact that you're going to have extremely different effects that might freak you out. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. That's the scary part. Yeah. That would yeah, fucking know you, suck. Know what you're taking before you take it. Yeah, True. I wonder if uh, does bunk police have a uh, Amanita muscaria fucking testing kit? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure that you could Amanita. use a certain reagent to identify the muscamol. Yeah, true, 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 true. Dang, we should extract some muscamol powder. I'm Snort down. it. <laughs> snort some fucking Just snort some mush some white Christmas so <laughs> the more positive trip experiences can see effects like a firm appreciation for things otherwise unnoticed increased creativity calm and mindfulness pain relief and a strong sense of emotion I've heard a lot about the pain relief aspect really a lot yeah. a mm. lot of people use them for pain management wow yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of mushrooms that just have good compounds within them that are good for your body. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah. The Amanita muscaria is believed to be one of the best methods for treating things like PTSD as well. Huh. And can help people reduce their lifelong anxiety and treat pain and um, give people just a deeper meaning and appreciate appreciation for life, nature, and have a more emotional and empathetic view on life. Hmm. It sounds kind of similar to psilocybin. Yeah, I think the thing with Amanita is it's a very profound. I think you could have a lot of neutral effects with psilocybin. I think Amanita, typically when people are ingesting it, it's in large amounts. Well, I don't know. There's been a resurgence, there, uh, not a resurgence, there's been a, a new influx of people microdosing Amanita. Yeah. And a lot of really good testimonials behind it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention this later, but we talk about this now you can fucking buy like tinctures and shit uh, online oh. and have them like shipped to your house that are there's a, there's a, i think it's a brand called calm or it's maybe that's just the name of it um but it's amanita muscaria uh like fucking tincture and um again i was gonna mention this later but i'll mention it now i guess um the uh there's a dispensary that actually just got shut down well not shut down but basically got a, like a warning from the government um that said that the, like because uh, so it's called Chillum. it's in tampa florida it's a like hemp and mushroom dispensary and uh <laughs> they, were, they were selling but they were they weren't selling psilocybin they were selling amanita mushrooms and uh hmm. basically the government was just like yeah like you can't do that like and stuff and so they they didn't you know, like, shut them down or like seize them or anything they were just like you we request that you don't do that essentially and um but yeah, they were selling like um, microdoses and stuff of different things of Amanita. And uh, this literally just happened earlier this month. The article was from December 16th. Um, and they posted a note on their website on December 7th about this whole thing. So That's wow. really interesting. I guess I'll just go over the legality real quick. Uh, now that you mentioned that, 
because Amanitas are legal in the U.S. Yep. They are completely legal. Except for Louisiana. Um, except for Louisiana. Oh, sorry. They, I fucking cut. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Except for, yeah, except for Louisiana. Um, unless the, unless you have them for ornamental purposes. But in Louisiana, it is illegal to grow, sell, or even possess uh, any non-ornamental Amanitas. Wow. Okay. So if you frame it in acrylic or something, yeah. you're good. <laughs> Make an ornament out of it. Yeah. And uh, uh, for the, as for the other parts of the world, uh, I think it's Australia, Romania, Thailand, and the Netherlands are countries where Amanitas are illegal. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised the Netherlands. Yeah, right? Doesn't make much sense. Yeah, you can fucking ingest psilocybin mushrooms, but not Amanitas. <laughs> <laughs> fucking lame. Dude. You gotta go to the nether regions. Oh, <laughs> that was fucking, sorry. That was fucking pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, musical, dude. That was negative shout out Australia, dude. What the yeah, hell, dude. guys? Yeah. Fucking Aus- Aussies just uh, not trying to have a good time, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I just found it insanely interesting that they are legal. Is that what you said? Yeah, I, I found it constrainly <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. I find constrainly interesting <laughs> it, it, uh, that they're illegal in the United States. That's like the last mind-boggling. Place, it's like the last yeah. place I would think that would be. It would be legal. I think breathing is illegal in the U.S., isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got to pay a uh, copay or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have health insurance. Yeah. So you also have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. Lastly, I wanted to just say some of the potential kind of bad side effects that can occur if you take uh, Amanita muscaria. These are things like nausea, paranoia, thought loops, increased heart rate, high temperature and temperature regulation issues, headaches, and confusion. And a lot of people, unfortunately, that have these kind of, uh, you know, bad effects from it. And even the people who maybe don't come out of the really profound experiences very well can turn out with some pretty bad bad uh, drug-induced trauma. So... Mm-hmm. It's not always a life-changing beneficial experience for everybody who has a really profound trip. Uh, these bad trips can leave people with lifelong trauma from things like that. My uh, mom had seen a guy in Eugene, I think, um, take a bunch of these one time and go crazy and get naked and ran into a bush of blackberries while like maniacally oh, laughing. Oh, ow. Holy and this is, that's her memory of these. And when I Whoa. like first got them, she told me, like, be careful. Like, they can cause blackberry very crazy shit. <laughs> and Dude. I was definitely very scared of that. But who knows if that was really like, if, if that was, you know, because the mushroom or if this person, you know, was on other drugs and took these, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard yeah. to say. It's totally possible that it could have been a very crazy person. That she or even out. if you mixed it with weed or right. something Anything. like, yeah, because it, especially it's a drug that causes a lot of paranoia with most people when you take it. So even if you're on weed or something that could yeah. cause other paranoia, yeah. you get massively paranoid. Also, you have the pain. You you have reduced pain. Right. I didn't even think of that. And you're feeling, so you're feeling paranoid. You're feeling happy and giggly because you're like, oh, cool. The trees are moving. And you, yeah. So you just run into the back berries. Yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Damn. That would, that's a uh, very scary. I know. I, I feel bad because I sold these in high school to people Damn, at house parties. Fucking piece of shit, dude. I know. We called. We were like, "All right, do you want like normal mushrooms or the Alice in Wonderland mushrooms?" And people were like, "Oh my god, oh, Alice in Wonderland mushrooms." 
<laughs> it's like cool because I probably won't go to jail for something. No. Like <laughs> 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 but probably would have for the fucking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. The, silly the silly ones. The silly ones. <laughs> Dude, that's what. That's how the the Portland mushroom dispensary fucked up. They should have just stuck to Amanita. Well, that's what's funny. Yeah. Their sign was an Amanita. Uh, yeah, it was that like is the Mario. Funny. Yeah, well, I mean, it's because yeah. that's like the most recognizable mushroom, like from afar, because it's nice and bright and like fucking. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning. Was I feel like when most people hear magic mushrooms. This is what pops in your head. Not oh, yeah. maybe not anymore. Yeah, it's definitely becoming more. I think for the longest time, people didn't know what Chibenzi's looked like when they were dry. Right, like they didn't yeah. really think about that because they just look like little brown mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not. Very, I mean, they're cool. Yeah, they're definitely cool. Yeah, and they but, do look more like different than most dried mushrooms. They have right. a blue tinge to them, and you know, little gold cap. Yeah, that's really like shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, dude. When I think of uh, magic mushrooms, I think of cow shit. Yeah, that's for a lot of people. Mm. That's what they think of too. It makes me um, real happy. I think of nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> well, so it's funny because when I was in Kauai, I guess there's a lot of people that go and hunt for the cow patty psilocybin mushrooms. And really, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's so bad that uh, farmers will put up signs. Well, that I knew that in like, Florida. I didn't know that about Kauai. Come. Yeah, They're like let's just get it from the source, and they just start shoving their hand in the cow. Oh cow's no, hand. dude! Imagine well. if cows just had mushrooms growing in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have two stomachs to process the grass, right? So maybe like yeah. in one of the stomachs. Damn! Ew. Think about it. Reaching into the jank stage to then pull out some <laughs> psilocybin mushrooms, dude. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> the amanitas. Then I think from now on. <laughs> If it um, was a pig, you could call it a hamanita. I haven't found a single. You found. You've actually found amanitas this year. I have not yeah. found one yet. Yeah, only um out on the coast. I haven't seen any in Portland or Beaverton. Yeah, but um, well, let's talk about science. Well, uh, um, so there's actually a few active compounds within um the amanita muscaria. The most likely to be biologically active are the muscomol and ibotenic acid. Um, but there is another one, uh, muscarine, which is found within Amanita muscaria as well. There can be uh, minor amounts of the tropane alkaloids, such as atropine, hyocyamine, scopolamine, and bufotenine. Um, Hell which yeah, Which I found dude. pretty interesting, because we talked about some of those in the Halloween episode. I fuck with bufotenine, dude. Hell yeah, boop it. That's why, that's, why I fuck with, that's why I fuck with it, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you guys know that bufotenine is 5-hydroxy DMT? Uh, I knew it was something DMT. I didn't know it was 5-hydroxy. I could tell you this right now. That means nothing to me. It's just uh, <laughs> that it's a tryptamine, right? So it's, it's, a, constitu- or it's a derivative of DMT. Um, yeah, but as we know, just because it's a, a derivative of DMT means nothing. Well, it means that it's still like a tryptamine, right? That it yeah. has it has serotonergic properties to it. Yeah, I d- I'm just saying, like, there's so many different variations. Yeah, it doesn't that mean that like, it's anything like DMT. Yeah, no, but it is what's found in the toad. I, yeah, I was gonna say, I've heard people be like, "Oh, dude, when you lick the toad, it's the same thing as smoking the DMT crystals or taking uh, ayahuasca." And it's yeah, like, no. j- but just they are all DMT. Yeah, but they are very, very different. So, That's so why I said it means nothing to me. Wait, <laughs> like, I, I thought, don't fucking know. Hold on, I thought you you said it was five hydroxy. I thought what was in the toad was five meo DMT. Isn't that five methoxy? Well, yeah, there is five meo. There's also five hydroxy. But is five hydroxy? That's in, in the Sonoran toad, the Sonoran desert toad. 
I believe so. Really? Yeah. I thought it was you just felt five MEO. In there? Um, huh. I don't know. Interesting. I thought it, I always thought it was just five MEO, which was the uh yeah, interesting. Well, I guess while Mike is looking that up, uh MEO was... stands for mice on electric scooters. <laughs> mice riding electric scooters around. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's or, better than what I was gonna say. I was gonna sing Christmas songs in the meantime. It's Christmas in Hollywood. <laughs> us back up in it's the... Christmas time. Yeah, and I'm feeling both. shitty. Wait, it contains both? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sick. All right, I'm wrong. Um, that sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it's similar to psilocybin and psilocin. Psilocin is, uh, I believe, four hydroxy DMT. Um, Whoa! Wicked. Yeah, because when it's it's uh, psilocybin is like four PO DMT, and so then it ends up dephosphorylating, I believe, in the stomach to four hydroxy DMT, which is psilocin, and that's what makes it active. Um, go check out our psilocybin episode, episode one, to get that. We're good, good, number good, good one. Info. Yeah, we're finally talking about magic mushrooms, guys. I know, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Only took All 35 right. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go into a little bit of uh, toxicology stuff because Raven was mentioning it pretty recent, so I think it's good to talk about it now. Um, there are some uh, gastrointestinal disorders with vomiting that are cons- inconsistently reported and not characteristic of the syndrome, meaning it's not going to be the case for everyone. So a lot of people might think that this mushroom is always going to be, you know, get them sick and they they have to do all these things to process it, like the tea and blah, blah, blah. But actually, it's not the case. It can be, it's pretty inconsistent, you know. Some will cause vomiting, some won't. Um, also, no damage to organs have been mentioned, uh, although the active components may induce uh, in vivo, so within the body, brain lesions. Um, regular consumption of the mushroom would probably be harmful, even though most human poisoning cases uh, do not report any after effects. And uh, brain lesions in rodents treated with ibutenic acid and muscimol can occur. Um, so this is important to think of. Uh, this is just rodents. So, you know. So that means it's 100% factual that it will happen in a human brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as we know. <laughs> um, so according to these two scientists, uh, Festi and Bianchi, uh, the biological effects are related to the period of collection. So those collected in September, uh, September induce more marked nausea and less narcotic and visionary experience than those collected in August. Um, and mushroom intoxication in dogs has also been reported, which is kind of scary. Yeah, so there's um, there was a movie that was about a bear who ate... Oh, yes, I remember. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Wait, it was what? super sweet, and there's like... Um, yeah, he gets all high. Yeah, it's like one of the, the main images when you look up Amanitas is like a bear next to one. Whoa. Whoa, that's fucking crazy! That's dude. Awesome. So the opposite but, of Cocaine Bear, the movie. Yeah. Oh my so, god. <laughs> so I tried to I tried to look up uh, wildlife eating Amanita, and it's really kind of sporadic. Um, that's uh, that's why I didn't really mention anything uh, major about it because I knew about the movie, so I was like, oh, it must be like a common trope for bears to eat Amanitas. Right. And I could not find any definitive answers on that. I know bears eat berries that are fermented and all the a time. lot of different mushrooms, edible really? mushrooms. Yeah, so mm. I think maybe it's possible that they eat amanitas. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, I totally could. Mm. That'd be interesting. That would um, be interesting. Uh, real quick, just because Raven said he didn't know a lot of wildlife that ate amanitas, fucking reindeer, dude. Which I'll mention what? later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. they fucking love amanitas. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, they probably get a lot of protein from it. Um, I know that cats, mm, when uh, when 
mushrooms are cooked, cats can smell a protein in them that they can't typically smell when the mushroom is just growing. Um, mm. So then they'll eat it, and it's actually good for them. Whoa. Amanitas? No, just cooked oh. mushrooms. <laughs> but maybe, maybe Amanitas do. You never know. Shit. Um, well, you've got two cats. <laughs> yeah, might as well experiment on them, right? <laughs> I'm a scientist, right? <laughs> I have an Aya Cook protocol. Uh, I'll be all right. Fuck. <laughs> okay, so um, this stuff called fis- Fisostigmine? I don't know how to say it. Whoa, you're stumped on this small-ass word Dude, that you said last week's word? <laughs> Can anyone say this? Like, I was, I looked it up on how to say it, and it doesn't make any sense. Fisostigmine. Fisostigmine. Oh, I think you're right. I like the other word. Fisostigmine. Yeah, I think, yeah. Esserine is another word for it. Um, It's a cholinesterase inhibitor. So, you know, cholinesterase is an enzyme for acetylcholine. And so that's inhibiting it. This has been recommended to counteract the effects of poisoning by atropine and other uh, related anti-muscarinic drugs. Um, So this gets into what muscarine is. Muscarine is a selective cholinergic agonist. um, So it binds to acetylcholine receptors uh, suspected to contribute to the overall activity of the amanita muscaria. Um, Muscarine is both water-soluble and thermostable, which means it it will not degrade with cooking. Now, to get into muscamol and ibotenic acid, uh, muscamol, uh, being structurally similar to GABA, is a potent GABA-A receptor agonist, so it attaches to GABA and uh, activates it, uh, in turn making neurons calm down in the body and the brain. Uh, Moreover, it's also an inhibitor of neuronal and glial. Glial are these uh, other neuron-looking-like cells within the brain. Um, GABA uptake and a sub sub and a substrate for the GABA metabolizing enzyme, GABA transaminase. <laughs> Whoa, interesting. Uh, yeah. While we're speaking of GABA, I have a question. Uh, I read that a lot of people say that after ingesting Amanita, uh, like they'll fucking sleep like super deeply for like a long time afterwards. Do you think that's like maybe because of the GABA? I would that assume so, like- yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because uh, I wonder if it almost is like a, a way that... that uh, the, the experience is mediated by you being able to be calmer. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes you know? sense. Um, but so also, so ibotenic acid has been shown to be another key component of the Amanita muscaria, and it is a agonist of NMDA glutamate receptors. Um, the interactions will cause hallucinogenic effects uh, uh, that are observed during the intoxication. So when you think of ketamine, ketamine is an NMDA antagonist, um, specifically on GABAergic. Neurons. This is a agonist, meaning it activates NMDA glutamate receptors. So, uh, if anyone r- remembers, glutamate is an excitatory neurotransmitter, so it uh, tells neurons to start firing more rapidly. Um, pew, 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 and yeah. So anyway, consequently, the two of these uh, drugs act like neurotransmitters involved in the control of neuronal activity in the mammalian central nervous system. So it's kind of um, Kind of interesting. They are just so related to GABA and glutamate that they are able to act like them um, in the system. So, uh, ibotenic acid is known to act on glutamic acid receptors and muscomol acts on GABA receptors. In the snail, a helix aspersa, the same uh, effect is observed in cats. Um, ibotenic acid and and excitant action, uh, muscomol and depressant action. So, uh, meaning the 
Ibotenic can be like a uh, excitatory, right? And then muscimol having a, d- a depressing thing. And this is all due to the GABA and glutamate thing. Well, did, uh, <laughs> did you say this already, or is, is yeah. this is this wrong? What I, I did? No, I, did I was our, gonna. I was. Gonna, uh, oh. Isn't ibotenic acid? Isn't that a pro drug for muscimol? Um, I'll get into that. A little oh, bit. okay. Yeah, I'll talk about uh, kind of how they form. Um, in a second here. Okay, because because you keep saying them as separate things, but I just confused because. Well, they are separate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, okay. I'll just I'll let you continue. Cool, cool. Um, so nevertheless, uh, unlike glutamic acid and GABA, ibotenic acid and muscimol cross the blood-brain barrier, uh, most probably by active transport, meaning that it requires ATP, the uh, you know energy stuff um, that we use. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys remember what ATP is, but anyway. Uh, it gives energy. Ass titties and partying. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That's like my the gym tan fucking whatever thing. <laughs> Ass titties and partying, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a <laughs> counterfeiting uh, endogenous neurotransmitters and causing brain disorders. Now, again, this is just in the snail and the cats. Um <laughs> <laughs> like Gary the snail. Yo, I think my yep. snail's fucked oh, up. Oh, that's funny. Man. Actually, Ali's uh, cat, my ex's cat, was named Gary, and because he took of the snail. Some musical, probably. That's such a weird name. Fucked up, man. Well, because of <laughs> Gary the snail. Well, that's such up. a weird name to like name a cat after Gary the snail, right? I don't know. Dude, my like snail him. got into my bag again, bro. Ate all my <laughs> mushrooms. Ate my mushrooms. Dude, um, my snail ate all my lunchables. <laughs> Fuck that snail. <laughs> Whoa, dude. That's animal cruelty. You should never do oh, that to a snail. Sure, sure, sure. What? Fuck a snail or give it lunch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. I thought I thought that was okay. I thought it was because they were nice and slimy. It was okay. <laughs> oh, no. It's good suction. Oh. <laughs> it's a new meaning to snail trail. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, ibotenic acid and muscimol are members of a distinctive class of alkaloids, the excitatory amino acids. Um, this group includes cayenic acid, domoic acid, tricholomic acid, quisqualic acid, uh, unane, and pentalonine, all naturally occurring amino acids. Very interesting, right? We need amino acids to uh, convert to proteins and different things for our body to use. So, um, yeah, they, I assume these mushrooms could be pretty good for you in a way, as a food, you know, as a culinary item. Um, Hell yeah, dude. So if but, you're like vegan, like you, you'd say this would be a good good way to get your proteins? I mean, remember that there are amanitas out there that lack the psychoactive chemicals. Yeah. So the True. the culinary amanitas, I've heard are really good too. Dude, but, yeah, I have heard that. Yeah. So I bet they have a lot of the same benefits. Hmm. Damn. Oh yeah. Uh, other than like they they obviously are non psychoactive, but I, but they have the other like health benefits if you eat them. Interesting. Yeah, I mean I could see that. It's like just same thing with mushrooms, like psilocybin mushrooms. They still have tons of health benefits that if they didn't have psilocybin, they would still have that. They'd be just great for yeah. culinary use. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. A lot of mushrooms. I think just mushrooms in general, most of the time, non toxic ones are typically edible and typically pretty healthy. I find it almost weird that there are no culinary, like there's no non psychoactive. Uh, Cubenzi mushrooms that yeah, I'm aware sure. of. That I'm aware of. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to say that for certain. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I'm sure that there, if if there were, they'd be very beneficial for your health. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. Hmm. Interesting. Good point. Good Interesting. Thing to bring up. If if anyone wants to invent one, let us know. Yeah, invent it. <laughs> yeah, invent it. <laughs> cross 
I'm talking to you, Jesus. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, dude, it's like people make weed strains. It's like, come on, make a mushroom strain that has no cells. Well, that's, that's actually a really did good point. Penis envy, right? That's some dude in the lab just created the penis envy. Wow. I mean, yeah, there are so many different strains of mushrooms for at this it. point. Yeah. <laughs> like genetically. Um, so uh, on to ibotenic acid uh, a little bit here. Um, so it, again, like I mentioned, it's been given to cats. Um, uh, but there are also a few veterinary uh, reports of accidental cat poisonings with early symptoms uh, coming on around 15 to 30 minutes after ingestion, um, which ends up being a state of excitement that lasts up to four hours, quickly following a brief period of drowsiness, and then the animal passes into a deep sleep and recovery is usually within 24 hours. Meow, meow. Meow. Your cat's like, dude, I'm fucked up. And you're like, well, you can talk, and it's like, I meant meow. Yeah, I meant meow. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I wonder if it, if you give cats uh, Amanita uh, muscaria, instead of getting the zoomies at night, they start getting the slowies. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's funny. It's like giving benzos to cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Giving them the uh, Zans, dude. All right. So, ibotenic acid does produce uh, electroencephalophagram. <laughs> Encephalophagram. Oh my God, why did I say that that way? Uh, what? I said Electro it. I said it bad. Encephalop- no, yeah. it's not encephalophagram, <laughs> is it? Encephalogram. Encephalogram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Encephalophagus, dude. Yeah, yeah that's what it made me think of. <laughs> uh, man, my brain does not work today. I should have laid off the Amanita. Um, but anyway, so these the, the the this is that EEG machine um, that maybe people are familiar with seeing uh, the little peaks, the little waves that show up for um, like different sleep patterns. Yeah, like oh. REM, deep in deep sleep, uh, yeah. all this stuff. So an EEG is just electrodes that are placed onto somebody's scalp and in all these specific areas, and it's reading. Um, it's reading those action potentials that I was describing to you guys. So it's reading the uh, voltage changes on the brain and it's spitting out all those little uh, waves and patterns so that you can get an idea of what, where someone's brain is at. how If it's firing really rapidly or if it's firing slower, blah, blah, blah. And there's all these different things for it. So anyway, um, the, uh, the alterations are different with ibotenic acid um, from those pr- provoked by hallucinogenic substances such as LSD or mescaline, which I found pretty interesting. Um, I think this could be due to the fact that it's not a very, it's not a serotonergic psychedelic and it, it is still psychedelic. However, it does it in a different way. And if it's putting in people into somewhat more of a calm state of mind, uh, that is, I'd say, somewhat of the opposite of LSD and mescaline for a lot of people. Um, but the uh, patterns resemble those induced by anticholinergic drugs such as atropine and ditran. Um, so atropine we had talked about a little bit in our uh, Halloween episode with the tropane alkaloids. Um, so most probably after ingestion, the low pH gastric fluid uh, in your stomach uh, hydrolyzes ibotenic acid into muscimol. So ibotenic acid, Raven, is a prodrug to muscimol. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, afterwards, the active component proceeds to the brain or is eliminated via systemic circulation. Um, so peeing it out. And the remnant of the active component in the urine accounts for the tradition of drinking the urine uh, of the shaman or of deers who consumes the <laughs> mushrooms in some Siberian tribes in order to get a secondhand stimulus. 
So I think, uh, Ryan, you have some stuff to mention about well, that, right? I have there, a lot to mention you, about that. You said you said that drinking the piss yep. of the sh. Yep. Yeah, hey, I'll don't get, waste I'll your get fucking piss, okay, bro. Okay, so yeah, how about, get, we'll just yeah. we'll uh, let let people know about this so they can start thinking about it. But uh, yeah. we can finish up our science stuff. Um, it so just that reminds it makes, me of last. So week. that it makes more sense. Oh yeah, last week. Don't talk about that. Why? When I was drinking your pee. No, I'm last week's episode when <laughs> we were talking about how in uh, the UK, oh yeah, their piss is, is fucking uh, has enough mephedrone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, so, dude, there's a lot of thing. there's a lot of stuff like that. Like I mentioned, the fucking story about the meth, the uh, yeah. fucking yeah, chick who drinks meth, lady pee. who drinks it, yeah, fetishes it, fetishizes that. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, um, it's pretty hot, actually. Yeah, totally. So there is muscimol and the uh, ibotenic acid in a mushroom, right? Yeah. And the ibotenic acid then just turns it into muscimol. So it's double. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it just, yeah, it ends up breaking down into it in your body. Um, One thing I do want to ask uh, real quick, just because I, I was reading that the ibotenic, uh, people say the ibotenic acid gives you more of the like f- more fun and happy effects, whereas like muscimol gives you like the more like uh deeper fucking whatever effects uh if it breaks down into uh what do you say breaks down in uh, yeah so Musical. if it both if it breaks down into the same thing then that's probably not accurate then right yeah i would say it's not i mean the thing is though is at the end of the day there's still always going to be differences between a pro drug sometimes and taking the drug as itself just based on what what your body is doing for metabolizing it may end up changing the effects of it because I'll say that 4-ACO-DMT is a different experience. Remember the psilocybin powder? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, just eating mushrooms. But right. at the end of the day, it's converting straight into psilocin in the body. However, when you inject 4-ACO-DMT, that's different. If you sniff it, that's different. Yeah, it felt a lot like brighter. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think that's also probably because you're not ingesting a mushroom that also has a bunch of other different chemicals and stuff in it? Yep, that too. There's not an entourage effect anymore. Right, of I was trying other- to remember... Yeah, and so that's the, that's the interesting thing about pro drugs um, is you could think of them as being most likely like, yeah, like when we talked about GHB and people are taking GBL and 1,4-BDO and yes, it's converting to GHB. However, Taco beads. The, if, yeah, the Taco experience dots. could be a little different when you're a kid and you're eating plastic and you get fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot different than when you grow up and you're partying in the club. Right. I mean, um, I don't know. It's kind of the same. <laughs> Well, so here's why. So, you know, yeah, I uh, just mentioned that, you know, both uh, ibotenic acid and muscimol are found in human urine one hour after consumption. So not all of the ibotenic acid is converting into muscimol. Oh, ooh. Some of it is, but not all of it. Because if it's coming out in the urine, that means that it wasn't fully converted. Right. Um, uh. Thus, uh, an acidic decarboxylation step in the GI tract would produce muscimol that afterward enters the central nervous system via systemic circulation. Um, not just peeing, but also your blood flowing around, you know? Um, so repetitive injections of ibotenic acid induce a transient change in GABA receptor sensitivity and might produce lesions in the basal forebrain as it destroys a small percentage of cholinergic cells. The consequence in vivo, so within the body, would be a significant and prolonged learning and memory deficit. Um, which is, you know, kind of scary, but this is also just repeated injections of ibotenic acid. Um, which most people do though that's what's so concerning right yeah, yeah. people love shooting this shit up uh-huh. on christmas yeah that's why the, <laughs> that's, that's why humans are so fucking stupid it must yeah, be pretty yeah. much mm-hmm. um so i agree, case, I agree uh, with all that hell yeah <laughs> 
In the case of young mammals, uh, muscimol also disrupts the development of the hypothalamic noradrenaline system. Your hypothalamus is responsible for relaying, well, not just relaying, I think it's actually mostly uh, a center for um, things like you know, hormone regulation. So telling, telling your body to either release hormones or not. Um, I was going to say the thalamus is the one that's the relay area. That's where a ton of information comes in and then gets decided, oh yeah, now go out to all these different areas in the brain. Hypothalamus is below that. The noradrenaline system, that's just norepinephrine, same thing. Um, all having a lot to do with uh, letting out, what is it called? Oh man, excreting? Uh, no, oof. You know, when a hormone comes out, <laughs> I'm try- I'm uh, refraining from making jokes this whole time. No, it's good. Like, I'm, my brain oh, is like no, la, 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 Wait, la. are you talking about ejaculating? No, because no. uh, my uh, fucking dad always had this joke. It's like, how do you make a hormone? <laughs> how do you make a hormone? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Give her five dollars. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. It's a prostitution joke. Yeah. Oh. Wait. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But a very, very, very bad one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I've been trying, I've been refraining from making that joke, and now I just. Well, you had to. Yeah. I'm happy with it. I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not my joke, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, how I, do you make a, how do you make your dad moan, dude? You fucking. Ryan's cock. You crompying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> crompie. <laughs> um. All right, so only 50 millig- uh, 53 milligrams of muscimol are sufficient to produce psychoactive effects when ingested, while a dose of 93 milligrams produces a strong inebriation, including vomiting. So I would probably be taking a range of that if I was buying one of those extracts from some shop, you know. Um, and in human volunteers, effects were measurable about, uh, measurable about one hour after ingestion of 7.5 to 10 milligrams of muscimol or 50 to 90 milligrams of the ibutenic acid. Uh, these effects in, uh, continue for three to four hours with some residual effects lasting as much as 10 to 24 hours in some subjects. Um, and now in rats and mice, uh, intraperiotoneal injections of muscimol and ibutenic acid produce an increase of serotonin and dopamine in their brains, which is kind of cool because this drug, are these drugs, as far as we knew, were not serotonergic substances. Mm. Um, However, it looks like they still will cause the release of serotonin so, and dopamine, which is cool. That is cool. Yeah. Partly, partially what make, make them uh, you know, enjoyable to some people and just not enjoyable to others. Who knows? So, uh, muscarinic receptors I've <laughs> wanted to talk a little bit about because I've mentioned them in previous episodes and I haven't really described them a lot. Uh, they get their name, surprisingly, from... Uh, muskrats. Yeah. Muskrats. <laughs> Amanita muskrat. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was thinking more revolutionary, like the gun, the musket. Musket? Mm. <laughs> the musket mm. receptor. <laughs> the U.S. is like... fucking brain, dude. <laughs> the U.S. is like, no, we don't do no war crimes. They just have musket receptors. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody out there uh, musket receptors. Give her a <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. They're well, that's coming why they're right in for us. But here's what's, really, what's even cooler is that they are G-coupled <laughs> protein receptors. Hell yeah, dude. They're gangster yeah. couple, dude. Yeah. yeah dude. I love a good gangster couple, dude. Like um, yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. G-coupled protein receptors just reminds me of like a, like a gym coupled. 
Like they're oh, just yeah, all proteined true. out. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> dude, we're hard. We're we got so many D, <laughs> decoupled protein receptors. We drink whey protein. Fucking um, bang. They bang while they drink bang energy. <laughs> um, so if anyone remembers from the cannabis episode, uh, cannabinoid receptors are G-protein coupled. Oh. G-coupled protein <laughs> receptors. Um, anyway, these are involved in the parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, the only exception to these receptors is the sweat glands, which possesses uh, muscarinic receptors, but are part of the sympathetic nervous system. Uh, so, again, they're named to uh, because of an, uh, Amanita muscaria, but because of their increased sensitivity to muscarine, um, the compound that I was mentioning earlier. And uh, the, mo- the molecule acetylcholine that I've mentioned before in previous episodes is uh, useful for responsible and useful for uh, learning and memory. Um, activates muscarinic receptors, allowing for a parasympathetic reaction in any organs and tissues where the receptor is expressed. Um, again, muscarine is a cholinergic agonist, agonist, so it attaches to acetylcholine receptors and activates them, um, in turn activating muscarinic receptors. So, all of these, fact. all of these like <clears throat> words that you would use to describe. Uh, someone on like a like a, a sensitivity sympathetic nervous <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah anyway. yeah Pause. It, just, um, it's, it just confuses me in my head to help yeah. understand what the sympathetic nervous system is uh it's things like you know some regular bodily functions um right so sweating is involved mm. in that um and that's part of what the hypothalamus is doing is that it is telling the body to do some sympathetic uh you know actions right it's saying hey produce sweat hey uh shiver um you know be nervous be nervous Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) do you think that's uh fucking also uh affiliated with uh coming quickly and then she's she has sympathy for you yeah Mm, yeah Uh they never really do but they might say they do Mm. they might be like it's okay no it's usually i'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> on, on, on our part or their part I mean maybe your part yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say our <laughs> dude that's well, all that's always the sound of me coming is I'm sorry it's like that episode from South Park dude when they spill all the oil they're like we are sorry except for it's a little more emotional and a lot of crying I usually just give a big old high five <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> Let's fucking go! Oh my god! Yo, have you guys seen that? Uh, that fucking. It's I've seen meme pages posted, but uh, this chick was just like, this is just lasted for thirty seconds, and then uh, it's like a picture of this dude like in the mirror, like in the bathroom, like flexing and like taking a selfie or whatever, and like the doors cracked open, and she was like, this dude just lasted thirty seconds, and now he's taking this picture. <laughs> and like, you know a for savage. a fact. His message to his boys when he was flexing was probably "Let's go." Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just like I just, I just tore that shit up, dude. Let's go. <laughs> uh, more like her, just like "Let's go." Like you out go of my hotel now. room. Get, the, Get fuck the, fuck the fuck out, out of here, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's a fun way to wrap up science. <laughs> Hell yeah! Get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, that's fucking good stuff, dude. Um, I mean, maybe not for her, but <laughs> <laughs> it usually isn't, dude. Yeah. Why do you think they? Uh, never mind. <laughs> no, yeah. where are you going with this, dude? You can't just say never mind. 
That's why they started the You Can Do It movement. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You can do it. No, you know the lady with the freaking... Oh. She's flexing her bicep. Isn't that like a World War II thing? No, it's about women working. Being yeah. allowed oh. to work. But wasn't that a World War II thing when all Maybe. the boys went out to fight the, the whore? <laughs> Maybe it was a maybe it was a Korean War thing or something or Vietnam or <laughs> something. Yeah, I, we should know that honestly, but that's okay. My sister didn't know who um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, and she is in her second year of law school. Wow! Shouts out. Yeah, and she applied for the Ruth Bader Ginsburg scholarship, <laughs> and I was like, "Do you know who that is?" And she's like, "You know, like some women's rights activist, right?" What? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I am 100 percent not kidding. And this is after she was admitted to a private. Law school in San Francisco. And I was like, if you don't know who RBG is, RBG. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if this is, uh, if this is okay or not, but negative shout out your sister, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, Well, your mom does though, but so, hey, Micah's mom. mom, Negative shouts are out all the time. (laughs) Micah's mom, negative shout out to the fucking. I, I'm not gonna say your name, but you know who I'm saying. You know who I'm talking about. No, no, Well, we've gotten uh, about an hour into this episode, and we have not talked about Santa Claus. Oh, we haven't. It's Christmas, guys. We should talk about Santa Claus. It's Christmas in Hollywood. It's Christmas time. Uh, anyway, so let's uh, let's take it back. Let's take it on back. A uh, couple couple hundred more 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 than a couple hundred years hundreds of years to the snow-covered hills of lapland which is central finland essentially uh, i'll take to, you to lapland that's <laughs> what i said to your dad dude when i like crumpied him dude. <laughs> come over here to lapland <laughs> dude that'd be a sick name for his strip club dude lapland <laughs> Dude, we should start that. Damn, in Portland, Hell yeah, dude. And we could have it be like a like another a, su- uh, unsuccessful strip club in Portland. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> have got, it Finland themed. I have I have homies. <laughs> Christmas themed strip finish, club all year. We could hire all of the homies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a it's, oh, dude. Here's an idea. So it's a strip club, but instead of there actually being any strippers there, it just it allows you to have the opportunity to give a lap dance to one of your homies. Oh yeah. So you yeah, you, pay, you a, basically pay for you basically pay to then go on stage and fucking strip and then all your homies can throw dollar bills at you. Yeah, it's a beer belly themed strip club. <laughs> I thought that's what uh I thought that's what the a, a wedding is. You know, when Oh, true. That's a good point actually. So we'll just we'll 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 host weddings there too. <laughs> that's a great idea, Hell yeah. guys. Yeah. Let's do it. Lapland. I thought it was a great Lapland. idea. Lapland, Lapland and Portland. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't see why this wouldn't work. We should take out a loan. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Last so. episode ever. <laughs> we're on to new things. <laughs> You're canceling the podcast, dude. It's done, dude. No, we'll do the podcast from Lapland. Live from oh, Lapland. that's a fucking good point, dude. You, come, right. you come to this freaking Lapland thinking it's a strip club and it's just a studio. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you guys should start calling the studio Lapland. Right. Lapland Studios. Anyway, all right, enough of this joke. Um, so <laughs> Lapland, Finland, not the strip club. Um, this is where the legend of Santa may have originated. Uh, so this was a time when the Sami people were attempting to domesticate reindeer. So these people <laughs> lived yeah. in what is, you know, central Finland, um, um, you know, hundreds of years ago. 
And uh, so they figured out that reindeer, like what I said earlier, really fucking liked Amanita muscaria mushrooms. And they would often, you know, dig up snow and uh, just to find them. And then they would eat them and they would show intoxicating behavior. And uh, so. Um, this makes so much sense. I'm surprised they grow under snow. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I agree. I don't know yeah. uh, how that's possible. But. Maybe. Well, I'm Maybe sure. Maybe they were freeze dried. Yeah. Oh, good point. Almost like rotten ones, maybe fermented ones. Yeah. Um, I would. Kind I would preserved. also think maybe. I don't know how much it snows there, but maybe it goes quickly from rainy to snowy. Nope, it snows a fuck ton. Well, yeah. So that's what I mean. If it snows a fuck ton, then anytime the the land is dry and they pop up and then it snows again. Oh, that's it's a good pretty point. Easy actually, to just dig them up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually. Um. Yeah. So probably freeze dried. Um, but yeah, so, uh, when these, the Sami people were attempting to domesticate them, they figured out that these reindeer loved Amanitas. So they would take an Amanita and they would sprinkle a little bit onto a reindeer's nose or they would just hold it in their hand and then the reindeer would just follow them around and shit and do whatever they wanted. So essentially enslaving these fucking reindeer. For drugs. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Or with drugs, I mean. (laughs) No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you can see pictures. If you look up, like, the Sami people, uh, you can see pictures of them, like, basically like a dog sled, but instead there's a fucking reindeer in front of them, like, run, run, like pushing them around and shit. It's like the carrot around. on a stick kind of thing, you know, with, uh, like, yeah, a pig. With a ho- yeah, exactly. Or, or a horse. Yeah, horses. It's just an Amanita in front of a reindeer. Yeah, dude. exactly, dude. Or just, like, yeah, just Rudolph's holding out a red fish. nose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's yeah. a fucking, it's an Amanita, dude. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And and then just like the ra- reindeer being able to fly. It's just yep. them tripping. Because fly a Garrick. Yeah. yeah. I well, bet it's. We'll get to this. You know. We'll get to I this. Bet, <laughs> okay. I bet yeah. Christmas is all just an allegory for tripping on mushrooms. Basically. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, I'll, I believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe. Santa Claus. <laughs> I can believe I can fly. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> so, um. The Sami shamans uh, considered the mushroom to be a big part of their rituals. Uh, and this predates to the crossing of the Bering Strait into Alaska. So this is when... You That's know, a long time ago. Holy shit. Yeah, this is a fucking really long time ago. <laughs> so if, yeah. you're, if you're homosexual and you, you cross that, does it make you straight? Um, I don't think so. I think... No, um, yeah, because then you're bearing the curse of being straight. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I think if you're, you're not, barren I, and straight. I think gay people can walk in straight lines, and that still makes them gay. I don't. know. It's a good question. Wow. That's a pretty good can, question. But but can straight people walk in gay lines? <laughs> That's the question. It's <laughs> a pretty good question. I don't know. I'm gonna have to write a grant proposal for that. <laughs> <laughs> we need all our top scientists on this. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so the shamans would pick mushrooms while wearing an outfit dedicated to the mushroom because it was such a uh, uh, such a big part of their lives. And so this was a, you know, the mushroom, as we described earlier, an Amanita is red with white. So they would wear a big red coat, red pants, black boots, and white fur <laughs> cuffs on the coat, a.k.a. Holy Santa shit. Claus. <laughs> they were Santas, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, wow. exactly. And so they would go out and collect these mushrooms and put them into a leather bag. And when they brought the mushrooms back to the village, they would enter a yurt through its. Uh, so it was a, a um, yeah, basically. So, but a yurt, it was a uh, these these little huts that were like for ceremonial purposes. They would enter these yurts through a smoke hole in the ceiling because this represented the pathway to the spiritual world. 
So, represented Santa Claus coming down a chimney, giving you fucking gifts, a.k.a. mushrooms, uh, and fucking, yeah. This My old, mind is blown. Holy fuck. Yeah, pretty you fucking see sick, See why dude. we had to do this on Christmas? <laughs> yep. Dude, this Pretty is fucking a, sick, dude. This is insane. Wow. Yeah, but instead of giving them out as gifts, the shaman gave them out in a little bit of a different way that we may have mentioned earlier. <laughs> so the, the, oh God. the, the lay people, which is what they <laughs> so, yeah, called the people, the, Lap, uh, the, the uh, people who lived in the Lapland area, they called them the lay people. They were not allowed to ingest the mushroom directly because of the, uh, you know, the negative side effects and stuff like that. Um, and so the shaman would eat it and act as a filter and the lay people would then drink their urine. <laughs> yeah, lay people. They would lay down and get a golden shower. Oh, Pretty I'm much. dreaming of a yellow Christmas. <laughs> it almost makes me wonder if that's kind of what the cookies and milk have to do with then. It's like he is drinking something and, and then he leaves something there for you. So you mm. give him something, which is maybe the mushrooms you foraged, even though he brought them in a sack. I don't know. I just, it's, I'm wondering where the cookie and milk might have came from. I think he, that was made by Chips Ahoy <laughs> just to make money. Yeah, probably. Uh, so so he brings mm. them in a sack, he eats them, and then he excretes them out of his sack into other people's mouths <laughs> because pee's stored in the balls. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So... <laughs> So um, it, it is also said that uh, the that people uh, so another way instead of drinking the shaman's urine, uh, the lay people would then like s- see these reindeer like you know acting all fucking intoxicated from eating these mushrooms. They would then find wherever these you know these reindeer would lay down and urinate, and they would you know, consume the yellow snow. I have to wonder with the shaman. Are we talking direct port? You know, you don't want to make a mess in the yurt. So do you just <laughs> put it straight to the mouth? Like, is there like a distance? Like, no, I think they were drinking out of cups. They were. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. It's a whole new meaning to drink it out of cups, people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I have no idea if they were pissing directly into their mouths or if they were. Because, I mean, that's like. Especially if it's for a lot of people to drink, like you trying to piss into fucking multiple people's <laughs> mouths, that's like you know, everyone getting on everyone get on their knees in a circle. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that would make you a powerful shaman. Yeah. I mean that's why he's a shaman. I wonder if he has to just hold like a full bladder like while he's riding he's with the reindeers r- to East House. Sprinting <laughs> back to the fucking yurt and just or go, guys, 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 guys. <laughs> or if he's, let it out. if he's if he's collecting it all day throughout the day while he's eating them, and then he gets back with all the jugs of piss like a uh. trucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then only the rich people get the fresh from the source. Uh. The nice warm piss. It's like what? It's like how you're supposed to pee on your San Pedro cactus. What? Wait, really? Yeah, that's actually considered like a. If you don't want to buy fertilizers, you can just pee and then save the pee. And after it sits for a while, it's pretty good for the San Pedro. So, can you give Jankum to San Pedro? Probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Damn. it'd be weird to give a gas to a plant, but because um, they that's pull true. in gases on their own. But yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And and putting uh, feces of any kind in soil is usually good, kind of what manure is all about. So then, would it also would it, do you think it would produce better mescaline and stronger, like or more mescaline? If you I'm gonna go, uh, say, go ahead and say no. Yeah, mm. I'd, I'd say no. Um, it might just make the plant grow uh, quicker, more robust. You know, 
So it healthier. would produce more mescaline, essentially, because it's grown faster. Mm, maybe. Hard to say. Mm. All right. Interesting. Anyway, back Something to Christmas. Something to think about, for Something sure. Something to think about. <laughs> Something not think about ever again, actually. <laughs> yeah, please. Just don't even. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, anyway. So these people would consume... Um, Amanitas, well, yeah, basically, Anamita, Amanita. <laughs> it's not piss, okay? <laughs> through it's not piss. Pee, it's squirt. <laughs> and uh, so, a lot of this, you know, a lot of this, since uh, like um, to get them through like winter time because it was just so fucking boring, and it was like these like super long dark days, especially up in that area where it was like dark for most of the day. You only maybe get a few hours of light, or maybe you get no light for even a few days. Because uh, this was like you know up near the Arctic. Well, wouldn't that mean that half their years also plagued by sunlight constantly? Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. also like um, mushroom season, you know, grows grows mostly in like it's like September October ish kind of. Oh, yeah. so uh, so they would they would save up a bunch, probably leave them in the snow or or whatever, or find them underneath the snow, and they would uh you know ingest these during winter time to you know because they're fucking bored. Brighten up the day. Yeah, and so this remember this is around Christmas time, which is possibly why they're related. A lot of people ingesting amanitas on Christmas, so who knows? Um, but also, people describe Santa as a guy with big red cheeks. On, you know, big big jolly guy with big red cheeks, and this is probably from the shamans ingesting the mushroom. And the si- one of the side effects of amanita being that uh, the effect of in you know ingesting amanita uh, muscaria is uh, you get a red face. Probably because of the uh, the temperature, uh, the body temperature change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't there something about um, the Vikings and the red face? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, cool. Um, but yes. Uh, so now I'm gonna get to the flying reindeer. Uh, so that story comes from one of the effects of Amanita muscaria, which is hallucinations of flying. A lot of people who ingest this. Uh, say some of the hallucinations that they have are either seeing things fly or feeling like they're flying, kind of similar to you know the witch drugs that we were talking about, like henbane and stuff like that. You know what I would almost speculate that is is have you ever had in the winter time um, if you're up in a a pretty vast area that has snow a lot of the times and, and and when it's hot out too you can have those uh, optical illusions where there's a lot of heat coming off the ground and things start floating or in the snow. You know, you can't really differentiate between the ground and the sky. Um, so, the, uh, especially while on a hallucinogenic, they probably looked like the reindeer were flying because it was just hard to... It was like an optical illusion almost. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah, could be. Um, especially if they were running with a sled really fast right. and you only saw them for a glimpse in the dark. Yeah, exactly. And they were up on a hill and you couldn't differentiate yeah. that there was a hill there because it's all snow. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And your high as balls. Yeah. Um, but there was also, uh, there's, there's another theory. Uh, so since they, you know, some people would ingest it, uh, ingest the urine of the reindeer, they believed it brought them closer to the reindeer spirit. And if they were hallucinating and seeing the reindeer spirit, they could have seen them fly during the state of mind. Interesting. So, uh, that's, there's a lot of different, uh, conclusions we could come to or theories we could come to, but nobody really knows exactly why, because this was a very long time ago. So, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Thousands, hundreds. I don't. I don't know when. It was definitely thousands. If it was during the Bering Strait. Well, when did they? When did the people cross from the Bering Strait? Like. Probably a long time. B- BC, I want to say. Really. 
before giant cocks. Yeah. Um, and we uh, we already we talked about how the um mushrooms have been used to capture flies. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned that, but yeah, that was that was one thing I was gonna mention. But uh, right? Don't they? Sorry. Don't they take it? Don't they make it into like a uh, like a milk or like powder or something like that, and then put it out, and then the flies like eat it and die or whatever? Yeah, something like that. I think there's a few different preparations for how it is, but I think that's where it first got its name was the fly agaric from um, it being used to capture flies or kill flies. Interesting. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of um, some countries use it quite a bit, actually, like in um, like Scandinavia areas and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so fucking Christianity, so- dude. The oh. Bering Land Strait is believed to have existed uh, throughout numerous ice ages from earlier ones 35,000 years ago Jesus. to more recent ones 7,000 years ago. So, yeah, it's thousands of years ago. So, yeah. BC. Damn. Hell yeah. Um, fucking crazy. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was that fucking long ago. I mean, well, that that's, when it, that's when it was solid, obviously. It's still well, right. Exists. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, Wait, did the Bering Strait go from Europe to North America or something? No, mm-hmm. it was from uh, oh. it's from Russia. So, oh, okay. Which Russia is part of Europe? Right, mm, kind of. Well, yeah, it's mostly Asia, but there is parts it's of Russia that is in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, those countries like Belarus, Hungary, that's Eurasia, but all of Russia <clears throat> is Asia. I Except, thought there's no, a part there's of, a part of that where Moscow is. I think Europe. that is technically in Europe, like the western part of Russia is in Europe. Yeah. Isn't that part of why Putin thinks that he owns the Ukraine or, you know, has stuff to say to the Ukraine and Belarus and shit? Well, they're bordering uh, countries. But yeah, and Moscow's right there, but Moscow's still Russia, so... Don't that, they have enough space? Yeah. They have, like, most of the world? <laughs> yeah. It's all frozen over, though. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are good questions. Um, but, anyway. We all uh, suck at geography. It's okay. UFOs in uh, Siberia. Look that up. Yeah. Okay. True. Okay. Okay. Bobby Hill. <laughs> what? Sorry. What? He. Let's. He, yeah. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's skip past right. that one. <laughs> All right. Um. But yeah. So we're talking about Christmas. It's kind of a Christian holiday. Uh. So there's a book that goes fully in depth about the theories that I'm about to share. But this book is called The Psychedelic Gospels, and it is written by Julie and Jerry Brown. I have not read this book, but I have read uh, on their website, um, the psychedelicgospels.com, I believe is what it is. Uh, they have a bunch of different information and stuff on their website, and uh, I'm going to read this book because it sounds fucking real interesting. Right now. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it right now. So I'm okay. going to be like one of those guys I mentioned in the last episode that are like, and people are like, what is that about? And I'm just like, psychedelic gospels. It'll probably be quicker than saying the world's longest word. Alpha, butyl, lacto, <laughs> methyl. Oh, here we alkyl, go again. Protein, protein one, protein two. Three carboxyl. hours later. <laughs> protein. <laughs> Perfect. See, the listeners don't realize he literally just sat here and read that entire word. Yep. Yeah, it's now very late. And, I need uh, some water. <laughs> I need some fucking reindeer piss. <laughs> <laughs> Quench my thirst. Uh, I don't have any reindeer piss, but you can drink some of my piss. I'm a shaman. Hell yeah, dude! That's what we should do when you come up here. Is we should all 
feed each other amanitas and drink each other's piss and film it for the Patreon. What if we, <laughs> oh, you know what I didn't yeah. think of? Uh, can you boof it? Could you? Could we do piss enemas? You just have your friend pee in your butt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some cr- some crumb oh, pies, dude. <laughs> dude, that's the hardcore shaman <laughs> oh, peeing in people's butt. <laughs> That sounds piss, like a rapist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Shamans will pull you into a weird hut, blindfold yeah. you, spit on you, mm-hmm. and then feed you their piss. They'll come on. Cut a guinea pig open all over <laughs> yeah. blood all over you. There's a lot of weird Actually, similarities. There, there are some uh, people that have been like raped and murdered in South American countries doing ayahuasca ceremonies with Yeah, shamans. that makes That's sense. That's scary. Yeah. So. That sounds positive fucked. Or negative. <laughs> Sacrifice <positive>. the virgin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I said dude. that very uh, seriously. Positive That's shout out fucked. To them. <laughs> Yikes. You said very seriously positive shout out to those guys? That's what I, I you was said? about to. No, that's what you just said. You said it. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'll edit that out. Don't worry. Stop lighting my gas, okay? <laughs> jank him? Stop lighting my jank. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, so I'll say it again because it's now been fucking rambling for a while (laughs) (laughs) so uh this book again is called the psychedelic gospels it's written by julie and jerry brown some of these theories i got from this book that you know you can you can find uh you know articles and stuff about it and they 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 talk about this uh and so i didn't have to read the whole book but i will read the whole book uh so anyway uh the Rosalind chapel in a 15th is a 15th century chapel it became world famous after it was mentioned in Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code. I don't Whoa. know if anyone knows that movie with Tom Hanks. Never heard of it. Yeah, same actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, what is that? The Da Vinci Angels Code? and Demons, right? Uh, Wait, are you no, serious? You've never different... seen it? Well, Angels and Demons oh, is a, <laughs> I think is a sequel to The Da Vinci Code, or it's mm. either made by the same people. Same. I don't. I don't remember. But same I've only. I've only right? seen. I don't know. I've only seen The Da Vinci Code. Kind the Da Vinci There's Code, like... Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it about like secret societies and stuff? I think so, uh, yeah. Secret religious societies, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 The Da Vinci Code 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, da Vinci Code 3, uh, Drink My Reindeer Pee. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> i want to wish you a merry christmas <laughs> uh so anyway uh so this um the roslin chapel when you walk in there are more than 100 green men faces in the chapel that have vines sprouting from the mouth and this apparently symbolizes nature's growth and fertility one of these green men has a specific marking on the forehead and if you take in you've seen pictures of it you flip the picture upside down and on the forehead is an amanita mushroom sculpted Right into the forehead. Wow. Which is fucking pretty interesting. So, uh. Um, so that was the first Mario. Yeah. Was maybe. Green men. Maybe. But that was in the 15th century, though. So I got something from the 12th century, actually. So you never know. Um, but yeah, so basically, the, the reason I'm bringing all this stuff up is because, uh, it's said to, there's, there's many, many pictures and depictions uh in religious culture of either in churches and stuff like that or just or paintings of uh religious people um or you know the, these these famous people from the bible uh that have uh amanita uh, or even psilocybin mushrooms uh painted into these pictures so it is said that you know maybe uh christianity or some of these uh religions were based or not based off of but um 
heavily influenced by uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah, I mean, we've speculated about that a lot on this podcast. Is yeah. that religion is just like some uh, some crazy trip experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. one of the interesting things about people who have uh, epilepsy in their temporal lobe, um, there it's a form of epilepsy is temporal lobe epilepsy, and they <clears throat> when they have very gnarly seizures, um, they'll experience a lot of the times God or what they think of as God, and uh, almost like an ego death trip, like like a near death experience, right? And they come out of it very enlightened a lot of the times and very uh, ecstatic and excited to talk about what their experience was during their seizure. And I brought it up during a class and I said, I was like, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. I'm not trying to like bring up a big argument, but I was like asking my neuroscience professor, do you think that it's potentially possible that in the next hundred years, we may find out a little bit more about what maybe, maybe the brain just has an area that is meant for religious belief. And that could in a way disprove all religious stuff. Because then you could say it's all just in the brain. Right. Um, and he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's totally possible, right? And well, so, that was part of Aleister Crowley's teachings, is that the human brain does have a place in it that is held for things like religion, and that the whole point of magic is to to find something else to fill that area. So yeah. using magic, because magic is just a way of thinking, right? So it's it's obviously practice, but it's like, essentially it's just practicing a different way of thought and going about your day-to-day life and uh, the things that like changing your perception so uh a lot of like really intelligent people do believe like that you have this area in your brain it's almost like a coping area in your brain like humans need Mm -hmm. something to cope and that area for religious people is religion but i think a lot of what it is is it helps people uh mitigate the fear of death yeah, and acceptance of life. Well, you because know? without purpose, what is there to live for? Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I'll I'll get into a little bit more of this uh, in a, in a couple of minutes after I talk about a couple more paintings and stuff. Um, so there's a uh, there's another chapel in uh, I I I looked up how to pronounce these things in French. It's in France, uh, but I don't can't really pronounce it so i'm Get going your to peanut butcher butter. the fuck this up so uh the uh plain chapel uh chapel <laughs> chapel <laughs> the plain <laughs> exactly in uh france um marigny marigny yeah exactly <laughs> uh was built around the 12th century and has a painting of Adam and Eve surrounding an amanita mushroom and themselves wow. covered with mushroom caps that's awesome. So that's fucking pretty cool. Uh, so look these things up, guys, because this is an audio podcast and I can't show you right now. Also, so the, the snake was like, eat the mushroom. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Caught, caught an apple. He's like, eat the mushroom. Yeah, no, so it is It is that scene, essentially, uh, of when Adam and Eve are uh, tempted to eat the, the apple. Uh, there's a mushroom in the background. Wow. Tempted to eat Eve's apple. <laughs> True. <laughs> Trying to, tempted to fucking... Have her eat some amanita and then drink she, her piss. I was going to say, she, she eats a bunch of amanitas. She comes back to Adam and she starts peeing. She's like, hey, baby, drink <laughs> You get high. You won't we get high. Whole, we can start a whole world off of this. Uh, pee in my butt. <laughs> pee in my butt. <laughs> that's God, Adam to yeah, Eve. God can't way. see it if it's ate all right. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah. 
And then uh, and Adam was like, no, I don't want to pee in your butt. I want to pee in your vag. And then she's no, like, well, no, no, but we're not no, married no, yet. No, 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 no. It's, it's Eve peeing in Adam's butt. So they used a leaf uh, as a makeshift true. funnel. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> All of this is true. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, go, going into this episode, I didn't think we'd talk about peeing in butts at all. So it's been good that we've talked about it a bunch. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I wake up every morning and I'm just like, God, I just hope I talk about peeing in butts today. Cool, but <laughs> we got to get you out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude. I, I need to get out more. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, the Canterbury Cathedral in England is one of the most famous churches for Christians. There is another painting where Christ is encircled by plants at the bottom. These are not ordinary plants, but psilocybin mushrooms, including Amanita muscaria, blue psilocybin, and two other varieties of psilocybin. That's fucking what's, pretty cool. What's blue psilocybin? It's a blue mushroom that contains psilocybin, I guess. What? I wow. Yeah. Uh, Have I don't know. You- have you guys seen those really, really cool mushrooms that are like crazy, like uh, vibrant colors? Sometimes. I need a muscaria. Yeah, that is one. <laughs> but I'm talking like purples and like pink. There's even. also like fluorescent ones. And, yeah, there's ones that glow yeah. in, in the dark, bioluminescent. Yeah, bioluminescent. I have seen those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're pretty fucked. Dude, mushrooms are cool as fuck, dude. That's mushrooms helped develop brain imagery, right? It's thought of. Yeah. Well, the bioluminescent part. Um, I'm not sure. Like they they pulled the bioluminescence out of a mushroom to like figure out how to make better brain images. I'm sure they've used um yeah like some of the pigments from different bioluminescent proteins to get an idea of um you know how our rods and cones are picking up colors. Well, I was just thinking about that um science talk that I went the the thing at Honey Latte I went to with you. I thought one of the the people talking that were talking about brain scans were saying that the the bioluminescent mushrooms are what helped them it like put the color through the brain scans like the oh yeah 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 so it's actually yeah that's um um you know when you guys see pictures of neurons like um brain cells yeah and they have different colors yeah yeah um so all those colors are proteins that are found from bioluminescent um, natural sources and most of it actually I think, oh, it was a jellyfish that's yeah, what jellyfish. it was uh, right. and plankton right you yeah. know the, the plankton or the krill that uh, glow blue on certain beaches right um, they take it from those and they now we don't use that anymore that's how we first discovered how to just make it synthetically right but now we just have it and green fluorescent protein is one of the most common ones to use as a stain um, but yeah they're just it's used as staining techniques and it's funny there's one that's tomato red and cherry red and there's one that's blue and is there a cherry green no <laughs> but yeah so i've had some people think that uh pictures of neurons which is fluorescence microscopy immunofluorescence um is uh what the people have asked me is that how they're actually colored in the body and honestly i used to kind of think oh you know that's a silly question right um but it's actually a good question i think because how would you know? Yeah, how would you know? And it makes sense when someone's like, oh, I plated neurons in a Petri dish and I took images of it on a microscope and people are going to think, oh, well, that's what they look like. They're colorful. But no, what it actually is, a lot of the things is what you're doing is you'll stain the neuron, like the cell body of the neuron a certain color. Then you'll stain the stuff that's around it a certain color. 
And then that gives you the ability to differentiate between different things. Right. And if you're adding an antibody to, to look for specific things that are being expressed by these neurons, you can tag the antibody with a certain color so that only when you stain for that antibody, you're finding that color showing up and not finding a bunch of other shit that's right. showing up that color. So it's, really, it's a really, really cool identification technique. Uh, but yeah. anyway, that's back cool. to... No, that's cool as fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, sorry, good, I just... That was yeah. a good tangent. I just thought for a second that they they were pulled from the bioluminescent mushrooms, but yeah, I remember now it's the jellyfish. Yeah, yeah but same. So if something is glowing, um, like green, that's green fluorescent protein. Right. It's found same in mushrooms thing. and it's also found in animal. Interesting. So, and yeah. Damn. Um, do you guys? I have to just mention it now. The freaking glow in the dark pigs. Have you ever seen those? Or the dogs? Yeah, or the even oh, mice. Bunny. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, there was actually a breeder. He got on one of these documentaries on Netflix for a while that was about that CRISPR enzyme um, gene editing technique. Uh, he was selling, he was breeding dogs um, to glow green in some fucking state in the Midwest, of course. Uh, maybe it was the South. I don't know. But, you know, he just had all this like land and, and t- extra time on his hand. And essentially what he was doing was, you know, injecting this CRISPR, you know, enzyme with gene with green flesh and protein, and making it to where when the animals bred, they had offspring that would glow green um, in the dark. And That's so, so cool. Yeah, and uh, the the pigs that were glowing green. My genetics professor made the most funny joke that I'll always remember, and he was like, "Green eggs and ham." Yeah, he's like, "Have you ever had? Uh, you ever wanted to have your your bacon glow in the dark?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. Hell yeah, dude. It's <laughs> fucked up. But it uh, it isn't uh, <laughs> Green dangerous. eggs and green ham? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not dangerous for them. Um, for an animal to be glowing like that. That we know yet. But Yeah, that we know of. Sick. So anyway, That's fucking yeah. pretty dope. I've wanted to do it, man. It'd be so cool to crisper myself so I could be glowing green. Like old Greg or something. <laughs> I'm old Greg. <laughs> Saying Greg. Can you can you crisper a man China? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> sorry about that, Ryan. Can we crisper Christ? I was about to say, dude, we're fucking Crispy Crane. Talking about talking about glowing, glowing things. Jesus yep. Christ. I don't know if he. Oh yeah, yeah, he is always glowing, right? Yeah, he's. he's, I guess he's always just got sun behind him. He lives in a great place. Yellow fluorescent protein. (laughs) (laughs) Halo, I can see your halo. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out Beyonce. Wait, is that by Beyonce? I think so. I don't fucking know. Anyway, um, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, so fucking. So during the Last Supper, apparently Jesus said something about uh. Basically, people eating if they if they consume his body, uh, they will forever go to uh, you know they they will live a, a, a basically have basically get immunity, which is why during communion uh, in Christianity and Catholicism, you are given bread and wine to represent the body and blood of Christ. So uh, there are speculations that one time the bread was actually uh, entheogens, which is basically um, like psychedelic plants. I guess is it psychedelic plants or is it psychedelic mushrooms in specific? I think it's uh, both. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so specifically, the Amanita muscaria, which when you would mix it with water, the water would turn red like blood. Wow. And uh, so, but the the uh, oh, ju- that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood of Christ. Yeah. So uh, the uh, Julian Jerry Brown, 
who wrote that book, which I will mention again, is um, the Psychedelic Gospels. Uh, they go fully in depth to all of these theories, and specifically chapter 14, uh, which is the kingdoms of something. Um, anyway, uh, so check out their book. It seems pretty interesting. I still have not read it. I want to read it, though. It seems pretty fucking interesting. And uh, yeah, if you want to know about fucking Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And Amanita mushrooms. And psilocybin mushrooms. (laughs) True. So, we mentioned Vikings earlier. Um, Now we're going to talk about Vikings now. So, there's a lot of speculation that Vikings uh, were using Amanita before battle. And they uh, many believe that they ingested these mushrooms because of the descriptions of these Vikings. They were said to have a red face, full of rage, altered consciousness, and jerking or twitching. Also, sometimes they were biting their shields and stuff like that. And so one of the things that uh, historically are um, linked to Amanita is the super strength that it may give you. And that is kind of why we, uh, you know, you, you see it in Super, Super Mario where he doubles in size or Alice in Wonderland, uh, Alice in Wonderland, where she's doubles in size and stuff like that. So, um, but others speculate that this was due to Henbane because during the uh, berserker era, era henbane grew all over scandinavia and also amanita did but um those were you know as we said before amanita grows mostly near trees you know at the base of trees and stuff like that and in the forest where vikings lived close to the water rather than deep in the forest so i probably i think probably is more henbane than um amanita but maybe they consumed both who knows probably a lot of henbane alcohol amanita yeah, yeah. I forget what the name of the uh, like theologian, historian, slash whatever person was that wrote about this, but they had some pretty good evidence to believe that it would not be the Amanita, that it would be the Henbane. I don't, I don't know how true that is. It's hard because also there's Christians that are saying that it definitely is not the Amanita for Jesus, but mm, yeah. it's hard to say. Who well, knows? that's because anytime there's something that could potentially disprove anything, they're like, no, 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 no. It's like, well, what <laughs> about that? Get this. Well, it's like, what about that time you guys rewrote your book thousands of times? Right. And then they're like, what? what? Yeah, we didn't do that. We yeah. didn't do that. <laughs> you will never get this. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, and also the after effects uh, are, of Amanita are said to just be pretty mild, like pretty mild hangover style thing. Uh, whereas Henbane, it lasts for days where you have these crazy side effects. So, um, that's why I, I, it leads me to believe more it's Henbane more than Amanita. But again, who knows? They may have tried both and, you know, uh, yeah, just they, they might have, uh, ex- you know, experimented a little. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, so these Vikings were just crazy berserkers that would just ingest either Henbane, Amanita, whatever, and they would go on these crazy fucking pillages and. With these crazy superhuman strength and, uh, you know, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's weird to think about that. That, that Either way, they were probably tripping. Oh, absolutely. And it was <laughs> even said that, like, Vikings, when they were tripping, that, like, they would, uh, they couldn't even, like, differentiate. Like, they were in such, like, a fit of rage from whatever drugs they ingested that they couldn't even, like, differentiate, like, their fucking people on their side and people on the other side so they were just stabbing and fucking cutting people and whatever just any person which is pretty fucked like especially going like the nazis 
pretty much yeah i mean I, yeah the vikings kind of were the nazis of the fucking uh, of the north <laughs> <laughs> so um, many people are gonna take offense to that <laughs> <laughs> i mean dude the vikings definitely weren't great people they were fucking I mean, raping and pillaging multiple nazis women. nazis also take a lot of their uh like quote-unquote fucking religious belief from norse mythology yeah uh i didn't know that that's interesting yeah like said, white yeah. support white supremacists and shit is just like a bunch of uh like like believing in thor and shit oh interesting i didn't know that yeah uh interesting um one of the things we also i also wanted to mention is uh earlier we mentioned the lack of pain with amanita uh this also for me gives a little evidence more back to the amanita uh because the vikings were said to you know, any cuts or whatever they um, would get, they, they really didn't even, like, notice. But also, that could have just been because they were just high as fuck. So, uh, who knows? Could be Amanita. Could, might not be. Anyway, I'm going to move on because fuck them goddamn Vikings. We got to get some, um, you know, some tests. We got to find one that's frozen under the ice. True. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. We got to start digging. Got to start digging. We got to start melting we, those ice caps yeah, more, dude. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, these ice caps. We got science to do, fellas. <laughs> True. We could train Abby to just dig for Amanita. Yeah, dogs are great for that. Little reindeer, dude. <laughs> that's how truffles are found. <laughs> it dogs. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Dog. Nice. Dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> anyway uh (laughs) so uh i want to talk about another group of people uh these are the uh koryaks and these were the people of eastern siberia from the kamachka peninsula off the coast of the Bering sea this area is still inhabited today actually and so according to the koryak folklore the amanita was a sacred gift from the big raven and this was believed to uh, be the first shaman and casual beginning of the, uh, sorry, casual, causal beginning <laughs> of the human it's race. It's a casual beginning. Right? <laughs> it's just a casual you know, beginning. It's just casual. Uh, you know, no just big all deal. humanity. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. It's all, it's all good, dude. <laughs> big raven. I mean, it is super weird and random that my name is Raven. Yeah. I may be a reincarnation of Big Raven. The big raven. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Just casual. <laughs> So, uh, Bro, I just casually started humanity. Wow. <laughs> Free Raven. <laughs> I'm a casual guy. Yeah, pretty casual. Um, so the Big Raven discovered the strength of Amanita when he found a whale washed ashore and wanted to put him back in the ocean. So he wanted help from Vahiyinin, um, yep. which it was a god. It was the sky god, and Vahiyinin means existence. And uh, they say that he created the Amanita muscaria, which is called, which he called the Wapak, uh, W-A-P-A-K, or sorry, P-A-Q, um, by spitting on the land, which is why they say uh, the mushroom, which is why they believed the uh, Amanitas had white spots, which is uh, rep- represented his spit. Why does this all have to be so gross? You don't think it has to do, you don't think it's wet ass pussy? <laughs> so, uh, Wapak, uh, so... <laughs> So, <laughs> so dude spits on the ground. That means that there's spit spots on all these mushrooms. Yeah. And then some other random guy eats them, eats the spit-covered mushrooms, then pisses them into other people's mouths. Why does this all have to be so nasty? 
Why I mean, can't it just be like, oh, cool mushroom? It's, it's there God, because man. biology and just plants. I mean, you got to get your powers from something. It's true. Yeah. Awesome powers. <laughs> Will powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, the big raven ingested the mushroom and was given the strength to throw the whale back into the sea. Oh, wait, he didn't just blow it up like they did on the Oregon coast? What? You guys don't know that? That's one big as fuck raven. Yeah. What are, what yeah. are you talking about? On the Oregon coast one time, a huge whale was like beached. It died. Oh, and it I remember was this. Just yeah. stuck, and then they decided they'd just blow it up. Because <laughs> they couldn't move it, they didn't have enough amanitas to eat, so they're like, they're like big raven. That's interesting <laughs> because raven! of amanitas being able to grow like close to the coast. You think that they would have fucking right. direct uh, resources? All we have are these stupid cubenzies. All we have is this freaking bomb, bomb, <laughs> fire in the whale. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> I know. Dude. I got all these explosives back at the shed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically that's your typical Oregon Oregonian. Coast, your really tip, typical coastal Oregonian, dude. For real. Just some fucking dude twacked out on meth or amnesia. Yo, I only got forty oh, pounds say, of tannerite um, back in the shed. Bill, you got any more? I was gonna say Raven's girlfriend's dad, who <laughs> likes to <laughs> blow things up. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna mention and yell at neighbors. Yeah, I, I was I was also going to mention him because a whale washed ashore in the Oregon coast and he got one of the fucking giant like teeth like that part of the fin off it. And I don't Whoa. know if that's illegal. That's probably. Wait, it was a it was uh, a was it a live whale? Yeah, he went and he swam in and fucked it up. Dude. No, uh it was one that washed ashore. It might be the same fucking one for all. No, I but I'm saying like when it washed Maybe. ashore was it still alive or was it dead? No, it was definitely dead and I think uh. it was probably rotting for one of like part of its teeth uh, to come off. Like the giant like yeah. things that filter out the krill. Right. Apparently my girlfriend was saying that they have it somewhere still. Wow. Native Whoa. shout out, dude. I found a really cool big shark tooth uh, on the shore in Victoria, BC when I was a kid. You were alive back then? Victorian age BC. Those mm -hmm. are two different times. I think you're lying. I know. <laughs> Shouts out Canada. <laughs> Wait, have you actually been to Canada? Wait, Canada yeah. has a fucking what? time machine? Is that what you're saying? Shouts out Canada? <laughs> Hell yeah. Wait, so what what you Pop found a up. shark tooth? Um dang. I wish I could go to Canada. I'm not allowed there. I know, Wait, it's what? Sad. Why? Yeah, it's sad. Criminals can't go to Canada. Oh that's a problem. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that sucks. That time I blew up that whale. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're not supposed to do that. The time I blew that whale, dude. <laughs> Moby he, Dick. He crumbled. Well, they kept me, calling. Dude. They kept calling. Big Raven. <laughs> I show up. I blew the whale. I didn't get the message. <laughs> it didn't pass down incestually. <laughs> I tried to pee in the whale's mouth, but it didn't work. I forgot, dude. dude it's been thousands be... of years since I did the last whale. Dude, That's that true. would be so funny if uh, so. Raven, Big Raven, the shaman, just fucking comes to the comes to the no, beach. No, Big Raven's just a big raven. I thought what? I thought Big Raven was just a big raven, like a bird. No, this is a person. Oh, it's a shaman they named Big Raven. <laughs> That's so much cooler. No, it was a uh, the Big Raven was was essentially it was the first shaman 
and uh, oh. the causal beginning of the human race, or casual beginning of the human race. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I almost think that that's like, aren't they saying that it's like a big raven is yeah. a shaman? Like Maybe a that's a good question. God. That is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say he's what... a. I would say he's a person because if he threw the whale back into the ocean, you'd think that if it was a big raven, it would just pick it up and fly it back into the ocean, or take it to its nest, feed it to its babies. Yeah, true. Vomit it to its babies. It's medium-sized babies. True. <laughs> true. Piss in its babies' mouths. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway. Um. I did have a good point about uh something about this. Um. Oh. Right. So the big raven. He ingests all these Zamanita, and then people are like, "Like Big Raven, we need help! Like we need to put this whale back in back in the ocean." And he's like, "All right," and he eats all these Zamanitas, and since he's a shaman, then he's like, "All right, open your mouths. Let me piss in your mouth so you guys can all fucking help." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, weird synchronicity. I was just joking that I was maybe pissing in my girlfriend's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I, I was joking that it's super random that my name's Raven, and maybe I'm a you know a reincarnation of Big Raven, right? And I just looked down at my tea. And on the back of my tea bag, it says, know that you are a child of the universe. Whoa. Whoa. That's, that's a you are the big raven. I'm big raven. <laughs> what if you're a little raven? Just, yeah, I am. Someone's just like, like, hey, yo, like, big raven, come help. And it's like, I'll send, I'll send my little brother, dude. Or I'll send my reincarnation. And it's like, little raven shows up. Just like, little raven, we need to move this well. Just like. Okay. (laughs) 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 Anyway, I hope I don't have to fucking move any whales in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I've moved a couple, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me. I've definitely blown a few, that's for sure, in my life. (laughs) Yeah, remember that one time? All right, moving on. Yeah, moving on. (laughs) All right, so, um,. Now we're going to talk about the Celtic Druids. So in pre-Christian... Did I say Celtic? Yeah, Celtics is a basketball team. Oh, sorry, my bad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The Celtic... Okay, sorry. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's tomato, tomato. No. If you're going to say the Celtics are a a team... Then they're the Celtics? The Celtic I always thought it was Celtic. Yeah. I've always heard Celtic. Like Celtic not. Yeah. But the team is about the Celtic. Yeah, is it? True. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, Celtic, Celtic, tomato, tomato, fucking whales, semen, you know. Um. <laughs> so in pre-Christian times, the I'm just gonna say say Celtic because now you've uh, you've broken my brain. So the Celtic Druids are thought to have consumed Amanita muscaria for their religious traditions and rituals. They believe the mushrooms were ancient, and they they eating them. Uh, would give them the wisdom to be put into direct communication of the universe. It was also thought to give hallucinations of fairies, leprechauns, uh, again, the uh, hallucinations of flying. So these are uh, a few different cultures that all rep- you know have similar representations of, uh, or I guess similar, um, similar symbolism of what this uh, Amanita did to them. Uh, and so even to this day, the Irish slang, Irish slang of eating magic mushrooms is going off with the fairies or off with the pixies, which is pretty interesting, even though those are, yeah. you know, probably people eating psilocybin mushrooms. Uh, still so this is where the imagery for the, the Irish leprechaun comes from then, probably. Uh, maybe. 
I would say, yeah, it has probably Definitely. Some, some to do with it. You see a rainbow, and then you're like, holy shit, there's a little guy over there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, steal him. Oh, my gosh. When they steal when they steal the leprechaun and... Uh, oh. Oh, I just came to a movie 54. I, no, hold no, on. Like, Guys, I just had a crazy fucking thing happen. Revelation. Dude. Revelation, dude. So, the pot of gold that the leprechauns had, you think that was just a pot of piss? Yep. Oh. And they need a urine. Whoa. Wow. And the rainbows come around when it's spring. When it's hella rainy. Salmon just popped up. If you go to the end of the rainbow, you'll find a whole so pot of uh, reindeer. The here. history of all society and all like uh, urban myths and legends, pretty much all of them link back to Amanita in some kind of well, way. Well, and just like. mushrooms in general. Right. Yeah. Right? Mushrooms uh, are what it, what it is. It always has been. Right. True. Pretty mushrooms sick. is what it is. <laughs> pretty yeah. fucking sick, dude. <laughs> pretty fucking sick. They might make you sick. Yeah. But it's do. also pretty sick. Sometimes. True. I'm wondering, so I'm actually curious now that we've talked about the um leprechauns, I'm curious where the elves in the Santa Claus story kind of came into play. What do you guys think? Mm, maybe that was their <laughs> maybe that was the um uh the Sami version of the uh fucking leprechauns. Maybe they were seeing these little elves. I've yeah. never on mushrooms seen any kind of cryptid style creatures, but on LSD, I have seen like little people jumping from tree to tree. Oh, kinda. yeah. And my ex mm. would consistently, with different types of psychedelics, LSD or mushrooms, would see like gnome like things. That one time at a mm-hmm. festival, she told me that she believed that there was these little like creatures that were sort of just playing tricks on her head yeah. the whole night. Hmm. And she was just fully believing of it, kind of. And yeah. I was like, no, it's not the case. Well, then what do you, do you think that's a. Uh partially to do with uh or not partially to do with but do you think that's also like related with the dmt elves oh yeah maybe i mean but also with dmt imagery a lot of the um it's closed eye mostly it's very closed eye yeah but i mean even if you have your eyes open you won't be able to tell the difference if you're in a certain state Um, right but people the the type of elves or body like structures that people are seeing usually are not very representative like of any kind of natural uh human or right you know a lot of times it might be like insect or animal type stuff. Um, I always for get me very it's mechan- black shadow people. You said mechanical. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say mechanical. Yeah, mine is always like a lot of like gears and almost yeah. like build buildings, like very intense architecture. It's weird how yeah. the human brain that we all share, we all have similar uh, experiences with shared image, like sh- shared experiences in some ways, but always just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Right, but. A lot, like it's it's weird how much it is shared. Though. Like you guys both have machine stuff. There's no reason for you guys to both. You guys do, both different had extremely different childhoods and media growing up. Right, and uh, you know, there's no reason you should both have that. And a lot of other people do. Yeah, well, so there was a really cool study, just tangent, um, really quick that was done. I think in the 70s by some mathematicians that they essentially. Um, used this they showed they they created an algorithm that would essentially give you the idea of what the visual system is doing uh, in the human brain when on psychedelics and so when the pupil dilates you're bringing in all so much more information and then the brain is doing essentially these algorithms that are uh, you know showing up as geometric shapes and essentially it's just your brain is doing a bunch of math and then depicting it in your visual field because it believes that it's supposed to but usually, it usually wouldn't do that. And your brain is relatively slow to take in the information that you're seeing. It, I mean, it's it, very it's fast. fast, yeah, but, but it's slower than 
it could be. Exactly. So that's the idea, especially with dissociatives, right? Is that the body is so slowed down and that's where you get all those weird internal hallucinations where people yeah. feel as if they're disconnected from their body. And those hallucinations are different from tryptamine psychedelics or other psychedelics, um, which are not as much internal, but maybe considered external, right? Because you're opening your eyes and you're very coherent sometimes and you're having all this crazy imagery going on. Um, I do just think, I've always thought that the cool thing that Alexander Shulgin said was that it's likely that we had been seeing this way, like uh, having shapes in our vision, having weird visuals and stuff back in the day. And then as time went on, evolutionary-wise, we found ways to alter our visual processing so that we could see uh, things and be more careful about seeing things. And, um, you know, a big part of that is like what is thought that uh, psychedelics could have created. I think it's the, um, uh, what is that? The stoned ape theory that like eating Mm -hmm. mushrooms are what might have helped humans uh, be able to differentiate all the different hues in the forest of the different green so that they could, you know, survive a little bit better or fight or you know uh. Uh, hunt and all these different things better um and and obviously what happens when we take psychedelics we get very intense color uh you know colors just get much more intense and you can see differences in colors and you might see differences in shapes a lot better yeah um, so yeah anyway oh it's a good point Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no dude these are all this is what culture corner is all about dude just fucking culture corner. talking about things and stuff fairies and pixies and yeah and fucking where's my mind blowing whales <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> so are you saying the invention of sunglasses is what makes us not schizophrenic constantly yeah yeah that makes I sense think i think that's, that overall that's what you said oh speaking of sunlight uh so you know how i mentioned that ibutenic acid hydrolyzes into muscimol yeah uh ibutenic acid converts into muscimol from uv light as well. Oh, so that's the later in summer kind yeah, of theory. Yeah. Cool. Mm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Big Raven approves. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All, All right. I needed. Nice. <laughs> so uh the next uh kind of culture people I want to talk about uh are the ancient Aryans of India. And when I say ancient Aryans, I don't mean white supremacy, just to make that clear. <laughs> So these people uh, had a drug that they called Soma, and it was suggested by <laughs> our boy, Argor Lawson, <laughs> that Soma might refer to Amanita muscaria. <laughs> Wait, what? I wonder you- why. So I know that Soma is like Latin for body. Mm, yeah, Soma is a muscle relaxer, right? Yeah. It is yeah, also so that's, a muscle that's relaxer. That's why I made the, the joke. They still got it. <laughs> that, the oh, Aryans of today, still, they still got Soma. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they sh- I hope I wish they didn't. <laughs> it's Ew. Shitty. <laughs> uh, for the the people at home, fucking Raven just put his feet all over fucking Mikey's vape. So. I was trying to grab it with my toes. <laughs> yeah, he, he was trying- I to not disrupt the podcast. <laughs> Stoned ape theory, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Mushrooms taught me how to use my whole body as tools. <laughs> tools. Tools. <laughs> Can you make fire with your toes? Yeah, fire toes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so the Aryans had a polytheistic religion where one of their gods was called Soma, and he was not only a god, but he was also a plant and one of the only um, uh, plants to get deified. And so, supposedly, Soma was taken by priests during uh, liturgical worship. Uh, so, Wasson, our boy, who 
by the way, uh, we'll just quickly say it was uh, part of the reason why uh, psilocybin mushrooms were brought into Western culture from Oaxaca, Mexico, Maria Sabina. Um, so anyway, uh, Wasson explained in an essay uh, that the hymns of the Aryans never mentioned roots, leaves, blossoms, or seeds in the Soma. So what plant is left? Mushrooms. So that's you know, a theory that he had. So the hymns also mentioned that the Soma was found on mountains where Amanita grows. And some of the other descriptions referred to Soma as a fire plant or sun plant. Probably indicating it's uh, like talking about its red, its redness. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it is uh, believed that this, uh, you know, this uh, uh, drug that they consumed was Amanita in India, which is fucking pretty sick. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so um, kind of similarly, the Greeks uh, they always they threw an annual festival in October, which is generally known as kind of mushroom season, uh, and they would uh, can they would consume a drink called ambrosia, meaning literally immortality. So if you took the first uh, letter of the six ingredients that was in ambrosia, which I couldn't actually figure out the actual ingredients, all I could find was that um, this information is that the first uh, letter of the six ingredients spelled myteka, M-Y-T-E-K-A, which is a Greek word for mushroom. They were using acronyms back then? That's crazy. I guess so, yeah. So It's the the (laughs) mytek. Exactly. So it is thought that the Greeks also uh, used Amanita, uh, which is pretty fucking sick. Yeah, it's crazy how this all just links up. Yeah, true. Um, so a little bit in modern culture, um, uh, so we kind of mentioned microdosing earlier, uh, and I've read from quite a few people that, uh, it gives them effects that kind of help battle depression, kind of like what psilocybin, uh, microdosing is. And so, uh, people say that a microdose is around 350 milligrams of a, an Amanita muscaria. Earlier we broke down dosing as in, um, you know, the actual, Actual chemicals in Amanita muscaria, uh, like um, muscamol and um, what is the other one? Ibotenic acid? Yeah. Um, So, but this is referring to milligrams of the actual, you know, plant that's ground up or, you know, maybe not ground up, just ingested. So, that's uh, pretty cool that you can microdose it. I... I've never tried. Um, I've never can. I've never ingested Amanita, but I feel like that would be pretty interesting to try, since you know, all three of us have you know microdosed uh, psilocybin and do microdose psilocybin, and uh, I would I would like to just see the difference between the two, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, so, I'd be really interested in trying that. Yeah, I might uh, I might order some online because it's technically legal to order. So um, I might I might order some and see if uh, see if I can try that. Yeah. Or just go out and find some. I mean, I guess when I'm when I'm up there, uh, well, it actually is probably too too late in the year to find Amanitas. No, I think it's probably like prime time almost. Oh well, we should go fucking mushroom hunting and try some. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was saying six milligrams of muscamol per cap of mushroom is the typical amount of muscamol within an Amanita cap. So I wonder uh, how that correlates to, you said 350 milligrams of raw mushroom material is the microdose, right? Correct, yeah. So yeah, I wonder how many milligrams, I wonder how many milligrams of mushroom would be within one mushroom cap? Milligrams Um, of muscamol? Yeah. No, no, the milligrams of the the actual mushroom material within a cap. Because there's six milligrams of muscamol per cap typically. 
And people microdose 350 milligrams of the cap. Dried cap? Yeah, see, this is hard. Well, I don't know if it's yeah. dried or not. Yeah, it didn't say, it didn't well, say if it was dried. If they're ordering 380 someone. milligrams of 350. wet, or okay, 350 of wet is nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's like a fucking bowl of weed, like, essentially. So that's like, that's a very tiny amount. Like, yeah. So. Yeah, I I would assume it's dried due to the fact that if people are acquiring these, it's probably online, just ordered to your house. And yeah, because ninety ninety uh, percent of mushrooms is water. Yeah, so true. It would Good make point. it would it wouldn't really make sense to say three hundred fifty milligrams of fresh mushrooms. Yeah, especially because if people are microdosing amanita, it's probably well thought out. It's it, it, ran. I don't know. I just yeah. I can't imagine. No one's gonna be eating the fresh ones, really. No, at the end of the day, because yeah. they. After you pick a mushroom when it's full grown, and if you were to leave it out, it would be like within a day it would get moldy. And it, yeah, if you're yeah. picking off a little piece every yeah. day, that'd be such a waste. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, people microdose it. People think it helps, or you know, they say it helps. Uh, whether it be, it actually helps, or if it's just placebo, who knows? But I, I, I guess you know, it'd be interesting to try for sure. So. Um, yeah, so there's a uh, there's this lady who has a YouTube channel and talks a lot about Amanita. Her name is Amanita Dreamer. She is a scientist who loves Amanita and has said that it has changed her life. So she has a lot of different uh, stuff on, on YouTube that you can watch. She's pretty interesting. She fucking loves Amanita and just goes on foraging hunts and all sorts of stuff. Um, so yeah, check her out. She's pretty dope. Yeah, me um, too. After this episode, Jesus Christ, I love amanitas. I've always loved the the look of them. I've loved finding them out in the wild. But holy shit, I did not realize just how deep the rabbit hole went when dude, it comes to the history of just the world in general. I know, and, and I culture. feel like, I, yeah, I feel like I only barely broke the surface too. And like I read, I did fucking like hours worth of research, and still like feel like yeah, I, I barely think, broke the surface. I think this is definitely going to be one of those episodes that has a big follow-up on a lot of just the the deeper parts of the, like going deeper into the cultural significance yeah. uh, of the history of this yeah event. definitely yeah maybe we can do a full episode in the future of just the fucking cultural uh relevance i guess absolutely that'd be sick um maybe next christmas next mm-hmm. christmas i think, I I think it's probably gonna be a lot mushroom. sooner than that <laughs> no, i agree um, so earlier I mentioned, uh, or we mentioned something about, um, you know, people eating amanitas and other mushrooms and stuff for culinary, um, reasons and stuff. And that they taste, you know, people said they taste really fucking good. And so the Japanese around Nagano eat amanita muscaria as pickles and as do the Lithuanians, the Finnish and the Russians. That's cool. You can pickle them. Mm. Yeah. Pretty fucking Yummy. sick. Uh, is that Amanita muscaria or? Yes. Oh. Well, they also do other Amanitas and they do a lot of different other mushrooms, but yes, yeah, specifically Amanita muscaria. The Japanese are just like, oh, let's just try to eat anything that's really close to being deadly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? True. <laughs> like the, uh, what, what is that piney the, little the puffer puffer fish? The pufferfish. There's the pufferfish and then there's also a sea urchin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. True. Um, yeah. So pretty fucking interesting. Positive shout out to the Japanese, dude. Yeah, for real. Pioneering. True, true. Um, so I just wanted to read a trip report at the end of the culture thing, just because I figured it'd be a good a, a good thing to read. Um, give people an idea of kind of what people you know what people feel, and you know, because people still eat amanitas for you know 
tripping and stuff like that, even though it's not, you know, it's, it's not like a psilocybin trip, but people still eat Amanita to, you know, get high and stuff. And uh, so I, I, I would just like to uh, read this tr- little notes from a trip report. So a guy reported that he ingested four stems ranging between four centimeters and 10 centimeters long and a small handful of caps. So the way he ingested this was uh, he made a tea with it and ingested a small amount of it, and then he ate dinner. And then after he ate dinner, it was, you know, a couple hours had passed, uh, he returned to drink the rest of it. So then about three hours, he reported that he felt a bit drunk and strange. He fell asleep by about 9.30 p.m. and woke up about an hour later to brush his teeth and he was just in this crazy dreamlike dream like state uh, where his basic dream that he was having just continued to loop over and over. So this is kind of referring to what Raven mentioned earlier with uh, the looping effect that uh, Amanita gives you. And um, so he he's basically, uh, he had this like basic dream and then it started just looping over and over and over. And then he kind of like spun out of this and experienced a multiple, a multitude of, of loops that it kind of existed alongside them where he could see each loop arc off in like a different direction. So he, it was like, he said he was like flying alongside all of the infinite choices running parallel to his, and now his future and his past choices. So he was like basically seeing like all the choices he could have possibly made and his like future and past choices all at once. Like that's the way he described it. He said it was very hard to like describe, but that's like the best way he could describe it. Um, so he basically explored these loops for hours and even, uh, witnessed Soma, the, uh, the God that I mentioned earlier. Um, so after, you know, exploring these loops over and over for hours, he eventually fell asleep and woke up feeling a little tired, but not hungover. Um, and stated these dreams helped him work through some, um, waking life changes. So pretty, uh, pretty cool. So, you know. It, it shows that, uh, at least for him, it was a very helpful experience to, you know, ingest this mushroom and have a sort of a trip. And, uh, yeah, so it seems it seems pretty, pretty interesting. I would definitely be willing to try it and see just what uh, what, it, what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I want to retry it. Yeah. And speaking of trying it, that's probably a good segue into harm reduction. And that that is, if you find one out in the woods, don't eat it. <laughs> definitely yeah. do not uh, go foraging for this mushroom as we said there are 600 of them uh, and a lot of deadly lookalikes with the Amanita mushroom being 95% of all mushroom deaths and obviously that's not Amanita muscaria uh, yeah I, I would I would just say with this mushroom we spoke a lot about it today there's a lot of facts thrown at you but absolutely just do your own research if you are going to be trying it read a lot of trip reports know what you're getting into as we have said and suggested it can be a very dark mysterious weird trip that can be very life-changing if you definitely not something you should ingest if you're on the fence about it i would say be very sure going into this kind of a trip uh like it's not really like a psilocybin like a partying to eat a couple mushroom psilocybin mushrooms and you know drink a couple beers have a good night kind of experience i'd say with the amanita muscaria yeah definitely it's uh yeah it's not the it's not the typical tripping thing that people think of when they think of eating mushrooms it's uh can be very different, like uh, that trip report I just read. So, right, just be careful and uh, 
I guess I would say test your drugs, but fucking <laughs> who knows if you can test it or not. But uh, shout out bunk police. Maybe make fucking testing kits for Amanita. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, I'm going to just give a little shout out. It's uh, beneficial for harm reduction, I think, that if you want to watch some videos of a guy who is a psychedelic historian um, based in Portland, uh, I can't remember his last name very well. He's in a band called Broom Riders. Um, but yeah. he has, yeah, he's he's a he's a witch, and his friends are witches, and they have videos on Amanita mushrooms uh, on YouTube. So it's just at psychedelic historian on YouTube. Check out those videos. Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, wait did, even if you you said he's a witch, but you said he, so wouldn't that make him a wizard? I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's. I, don't I think know there's the, male witches. Yeah, I think there is male witches. Oh, um, well, Harry Potter was wrong. If you're in a coven. Oh, uh, yeah. Harry yeah. Potter said that the wizard, witches and wizards, but. Yeah, J.K. Rowling is also a piece of shit, so. True. Yeah, and I would suggest anyone after listening to this episode and realizing all the weird coincidences and synchronicities when it comes to just how this mushroom has influenced our current culture and reality that we live in, is just keep your eye out. Mm-hmm. definitely yep. in all imagery all ancient uh, imagery different works of art throughout the past go to a museum and go go to an art museum and look at some of the thousand year old paintings and see if there's an amanita in there just keep your eye out because it's very interesting to see how these things have paved the the way for what the world is now mm-hmm. yeah apparently there's a lot of uh in churches and like and stuff like that in the middle east uh in middle eastern countries uh, it's quite often you'll see some of that. So if you're ever in the Middle East and you see a church, maybe maybe check it out. Or maybe if you're, uh, you can always Google stuff or whatever and see if there's maybe any of these paintings in a church that you're uh, that that is nearby. And maybe go take a look, sees. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, just keep your eye out for all those kinds of things. It's really freaking cool. Yeah. And with that, happy freaking holidays. Happy holidays, friends. Yep. Merry Chrysler, dude. Yep. Fuck Happy yeah. birthday, Jesus. <laughs> and make sure you uh, eat uh, Amanitas. Eat your uh, fair share of hair, or else the Crimbus man won't come. <laughs> make sure to water your Crimbus bush. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want to support the show, I will say it again. Uh, it's uh, just till the end of December. If you join our Patreon, it's only $3 a month. Come on. You got six days. Come on. Six days. And. Oh, th- Tons of content over there. It's just freaking piling up over there. We we got to get a dump truck for all the freaking content that's piling up over there. Damn near actually, have to hire a private Google server to har- harness it all. It's actually <laughs> seven days if you count today. So Okay. I did well, the math wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Just till the end of December. It, that's not obviously the last day you could join the Patreon. But if you do before January, then you will receive some stickers from me in the mail. And they're pretty cool stickers exclusive stickers actually for the patreon pretty much so yeah head on over there that is drink it out of cups on patreon or patreon.com forward slash d-o-o-c follow us over on instagram for any updates or cool funny little reels and stuff we put up over there uh, reels from the show with some uh cool, funny videos that we put together uh that is uh, insta- on instagram at drink it out of cups underscore podcast and if you want to find any of our personal links they are all over there in the bio click the link tree find the links people linked up i was literally about to say that that's so funny that's crazy (laughs) synchronicity dude um wow i was at the end what 
No, we're not ended yet. Uh, we'll end, we end the show when we want. If people are still listening, shout out to, it's positive shout out Hollywood, to Yeah, should we heart. should we go out to Hollywood Undead? Yeah. It's a Hollywood Undead Christmas. Fog yeah. Christmas in Hollywood. Santa's back up in the hood. So meet me under the mistletoe. Let's fuck. It's Hanukkah. Have a good holidays, fellas. Try not to strangle your family. <laughs> and if you do, it's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Tell don't your, do that. Tell your creepy Uncle Steve to fuck off in the middle of dinner. True. Show all your family drink it out of cups podcast. Drink reindeer pee. <laughs> steal your, your steal your grandma's phone and subscribe to us on Patreon. <laughs> steal your parents' credit cards. Drink your your, your creepy uncle's pee after he's ingested amanita. <laughs> maybe maybe ingest amanita and pee in his butt. Find some dude named Kevin and pee in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Become a shaman this Christmas. Yeah, true. Become your own shaman. Become your own Big Raven. <laughs> yeah, this is Big Raven saying shout out, positive shout out, all our listeners. Have a good holiday. That's enough Hollywood Undead. <laughs> Have a good holiday. Talk to y'all later. Please. Bye. There's nothing like listening to Drinking Out of Cups podcast. Nothing like it.